project. Oh, oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, there it is. Yeah, hey now. Oh, Andrew, you haven't told him that he hasn't actually been on any of the shows yet. Right? No, I know. <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> I He's know. Been, yeah, your microphone's been unplugged. I've seen the videos <laughs> and I've <laughs> listened, and I'm like, "Where's my voice? It's you didn't, not there." How come you haven't said anything? Now, now I'm embarrassed. I'm just happy to be here. That's good. Isn't that a uh, Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> right. Know. I'm just happy to be. Isn't he say it over and over again? Marshawn Lynch in those like uh, Super Bowl uh, yeah, questions. Uh, he just says the same thing over and over again because he got fined because he didn't say anything to the media. Yeah. They're like, you can't like not show up to press conferences. And then he was like, okay, I'll show up. So then he showed up and like, you can't just like not answer questions. Like this is part of being a professional football player. Yeah. So he got fined a bunch. Yeah. And then so every time they asked him a question, I'm pretty sure he just kept saying, I'm, pre- I'm just happy to I'm be just here. Happy to be. My, my favorite oh, was uh, Rasheed Wallace back in the day when he said both teams played hard. Like, <laughs> he said it a hundred times? Just, yeah. Like, so what do you think was the determining factor on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, both teams played hard. <laughs> and then it's like, how about your offense today? It seems like it was a little bit, both teams played hard. And he got fined so much money. I mean, you know, whatever. For, nothing for baller but you know both we got uh, we got talking the other day on the podcast and then we we pulled up a clip because then Seema uh, brought it up uh, this guy was like done he got finished with a soccer game and he was like <laughs> he was so excited and so happy and uh, he's like thanking people I think he thanks like his the other players and the coaches and stuff and he's like and I'd really like to thank my girlfriend I mean my uh, my my wife uh, and then he went in like deeper on like how much he loves his wife and he was like frazzled you know it's like whoops a daisy yeah yeah Yeah. I don't think uh, his night went over so well after that (laughs) we're here today we're joined uh, with my boy Todd Abrams we've had Todd out a few times and uh, I was really it's really great to get an opportunity to have you on the podcast today and get to chit chat you're somebody i i look up to and it's it's a uh, good it's good to have you here today got some good training in got some good, awesome. good yeah. deadlifting in we uh Learned. trained some back we made sure that sema wasn't part of the process <laughs> because we can't have the guy get any bigger or stronger told him the wrong just, time yeah it's just embarrassing for the rest of us so we yeah exactly we tell him the wrong place the wrong time everything he was over at uh 24 hour in <laughs> Sacramento waiting for us at, at seven, but we trained yeah. over here at four instead. All the time. Mm-hmm. Always getting the shafts, but that's just the, way, <laughs> the way we roll around here. So uh, last time I had you out, we went and um, we had some dinner uh, with uh, my buddy Jason Kalipa. That was pretty cool. That's awesome. And then it was just kind of a weird set of circumstances where I also had uh, Brian Shaw here and Kaylor Woolham, but the gym looks a lot different than last 100%. time you were out, huh? Looks awesome. Yeah, back, I think, you guys were just moving in here. Yeah, we were joking around, telling before we were deadlifting on that uh, particle board. <laughs> yeah, did a workout on the next day, and there was a few dumbbells and different things. But um, yeah, it looks awesome. I'm just proud of uh, everything that you guys have accomplished, but just the overall setup and even like the podcast room was you didn't have any of this setup before. So it looks fancy, doesn't it? it looks fancy. <laughs> yeah, I fancy. asked Andrew. I asked Andrew to uh, you know put this stuff together. He took some mind bullet. Next thing I know, boom, <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's the yeah. secret. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on. It took, I literally took one capsule of mind bullet and, and blink, just, and it's done. Yeah, it was just, uh, just a synergy that happened. There yeah. we go. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> so what's awesome. uh, what's going on with this Icon Meal stuff, man? You've been hooking me up with with these products for uh, you know quite some time, and uh, we're seeing meal prep companies pop up all the time. Yep. What's going on with Icon Meals? Yeah, we've been uh, at this now for, I guess, almost four and a half years. So lots of uh, changes, lots of, I'll call it, learning. 
like I said before, if uh, we knew now, back then what we know now, we probably wouldn't be in the meal prep game. It's a lot different. Um, just chit-chatting before and saying, hey, one of the biggest things is, I guess, frustration, right? As far as, like you said, meal prep companies popping up. Everyone wants to be in the meal prep game. And there's a lot of, uh, I think, differentiating factors where apples aren't sort of always apples and perception's not always reality, right? Mm. So especially with today, a lot of these big influencers and stuff. It's hard to say, right? It's hard to come out and like, it's your own product. So it's yeah. hard for you to say, hey, listen, these other guys are crap. What we have is the best, right? Like it, it's- Yeah, it's you, not even that market. Yeah. It's more or less, I think, keeping standards, right? Because when mm-hmm. you're talking about food, you're talking about a product that just as we talk about like the mind and different things, you have different, I'll call it legalities, but also responsibilities of what you're putting out to other people, right? right. So it's not just, in, from a standpoint of, it's a lot easier if we just said, hey, we want to look at making money. And as you know, in meals and perishable foods, there's not the margins, right? So <laughs> it's a lot of uh, regulations, a lot of differentiating factors. But again, there are standards that need to be followed just to not make people sick, but also from an ingredient standpoint, from a macro nutritional standpoint, people shouldn't just, I don't think, well, they should be able to trust and say, hey, it is what it is when it's what it says in the package. But that's not always the, the, yeah. the thing, right? And we we're talking about, hey, Mark, would you, you just showed me your prototype room and mm-hmm. you say, hey, buy this and that from different people. And we probably spend three, four thousand dollars a month buying, I'll call it competitors, not really competitors, but people in the space. Right. And it's, I'm, we're not going to be the people that go out and say, hey, this is what it is and show the world. But I say karma is a bitch, right? So whatever. But we want to understand what other people are getting in that experience. And it's crazy. You're not buying it to copy it. You're, You're not buying, buying it to, copy it to it. see what the product looks like and see how you feel when you receive the product. But like, I'll give you an example. So we bought just probably two weeks ago, we bought $389 of food from Company X, right? And they shit on everyone in the market for that uses dry ice because this and that, and they use gel packs, blah, blah, blah. And look, we've learned a lot of things. We've done everything through very different shipping methods. We have a whole department yeah. that's all they do. But we get their food and we fail under FDA and under sort of state inspection and stuff, if your food comes in, it's warmer than 40 degrees. So we get this and they're all, hey, this is overnight shipping, FedEx shipping overnight, 24 hours. We get their food. First thing my guys do is laser test it, right? Through the box, okay, whatever, 54 degrees. Mm. Laser tested inside, 53 and a half degrees, okay? The problem is there, people then take that food. They go, put it back in the refrigerator. So pathogens, what happens is when food cools, comes down, temperatures re-engage, pathogens come up, what do you do? Oh, put it in the fridge. We put it in the fridge and this other company only has five to seven day max shelf life because they're using normal cube containers. Well, it's not nitrogen flushed, it's not oxygen deprived, et cetera. So from that standpoint, that food's already been up and down in temperature twice, been sitting in a 115 degree probably FedEx truck, but people don't understand that, right? Mm. So that's like, just give you one example, but there's been other examples and we'll have like different foods that we send to a lab. Well, people... Like every single one of our meals, I'm spending 856 to $1,100 per meal to have it lab tested. Like that's what we have to do. So <laughs> the, 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 standard, <laughs> crazy. The, the standard in the industry is called, it's a database program called Genesis. Mm-hmm. And most companies use Genesis, I think a lot of, but Genesis to me is only as good as people that are putting the ingredients in. So let's say for instance, Cisco, we buy a lot of our food. Well, if Cisco says, hey, it has this much of one thing, we found tons of errors the whole time that it's not what it is. So a rice might be different than another rice, right? But it sets the macros off. And that's only, so that's not lab testing. Lab testing is chemical analysis where it breaks the product down into cinders and then tells you, hey, these are the macros. This is the protein. This is the carbs. This is the fat, sodium, blah, 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 blah. But I guarantee you, okay, 85%, 90% of the companies out there because they are not held to that standard. Mm. I can't get a label approved. And people say, hey, what's the difference from three years ago? Well, the difference is, We've been state inspected, FDA inspected for three years, have an inspector on site. But for me to get, let's say, Bo Jackson's playing card with these details on the back, right, published, 
I have to have that approved by the state. What does that mean? Follow their standards. Chemical analysis comes back. I submit it to the state. The state goes, yes, 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 yes. Like even to the artwork, right? This meets our standards for the label. And then they say, okay, now we can put it in. So I can't just roll out 10 new meals this week that I want to roll out. They have to have that proper labeling. So that's, again, just going through, I think the standards aren't comparable, right? We talk about like a lot of other things. Isn't that hard to follow through? Like, obviously, like I know that you kind of chose this route because because you're shipping across state lines and things like that, and you're getting to different vendors, so there's different rules. So you cho- you chose to be like FDA approved, So right? So let's just, the standard is, so anyone can come and play, and this is to me, like I told you before, a little bit ass backwards or whatever. Anyone can come sell food and anywhere in the U.S., right, if they're manufactured in the U.S., and FDA USDA can't say anything. So I can so send it. So and I can start a meal prep company. Correct. We can cook in our own kitchen or something like well, that. Well, you're not supposed to cook in your own kitchen. Okay. Your standard's supposed to be in commercialized, et cetera, but there are people cooking in their own kitchen. <laughs> right. I'll give yeah. you another example. This is pretty bad, okay? One of the companies that's in the industry was cooking in a strip club, okay? <laughs> strip club only operates till whatever time. Well, then there's a downtime. I know it's funny, twang right? To twang it. to it. Oh. But what they start, because they're going to find a commercial kitchen, well, strip club has off hours, right? They're off hours. Typically, strip club is not going to start till the afternoon, so they're cooking after they're done in the night, but that's where that food was coming in, okay? But no one ever says that. And then from it's that- a genius idea, by the way. It's, a, it's <laughs> good to save money, I guess, right? Get a little extra, extra. But um, from that standpoint, you can ship anywhere, Okay. Then if I want to sell to wholesalers, so that would be a gym, Mark Bell's gym, right? Having my food put in you so it's changing hands, you reselling our 24-hour fitness. In state, you have to be what's called state approved. So you have to get a state grant. It's not easy. They come in, you have to have a HACCP plan, which is like a hazard like a protocol that you follow. Ours is 90 pages every single day that we have that inspector going through, right? So that's um, temperature testing, it's product formula, it's red tagging. Let's say they're taking, I don't know, X amount of pounds of sirloin and they're sending it off to the lab. We have to do uh, water testing, like all this different testing on a daily basis. So a lot of additional costs associated with that. So that's that if I want to sell in my state. So if I'm in California, I'd be state restricted there. If I'm in Texas, then there's USDA. USDA only requires their involvement if you're going to sell wholesale across state lines, okay? So that's, again, you pick your battles if you want to do that. But I think if you're a meal prep company, it should be one standard, right? Why is there a lower standard? You should be put on one standard. And if everyone's going to sell food, we might as well make sure that everyone's going to be eating the same inspected healthy product across the board. Um, so that's sort of biggest frustration. I know that's a little bit of a rant, but it's just – it's. It's not, it's not, I don't care about the money aspect of, oh, taking away business and stuff. I don't believe it's fair to the end consumer because they're miseducated and a perception's not always reality. It doesn't matter how shiny this bullet is. It's not, you're not eating what you're eating. So, um, yeah, that can be very confusing, right? For like, uh, you know, like if I'm searching online and somebody, you know, let's say a, a trainer, you know, uh, recommended, you know, that that, hey, like it might be easier for you to, you know, get a meal prep company and I Google it or look it up or find the influencer that posted something about it. And I look on and they got nice pictures and they, you know, it's somebody I trust. I'm like, okay, well, that looks good. And, but I don't know anything about like packaging. I don't know about nitrogen flushing. I don't know about uh, how they conceal their packaging up. So no oxygen gets in there. And so the temperatures don't change and, you know, it's hard. So it's, uh, do you think like a lot of these regulations are, like bullshit or do you like going through them and you just think that everyone should should have that standard? I think it has to be, it's like, 
Sure, it's a lot easier when you don't have those regulations, right? But I think it is a standard that should be followed and should be implemented. But keeps when you, people safe in the long correct. run. Correct. When we go back and we talk to the, like our inspector, or the FDA, or USDA people that are in house and they come in and out like doing inspections and stuff. For us, it's their biggest frustration is they don't have enough people to police. So let's say, for instance, you have meal prep company. No one's ever going to come and say, "Hey, Mark." your food's not legal and this and that, unless someone calls and complains. Anonymous complaint has to go into the state, right? Then they'll send an inspector. They just don't have a lot of people to go. There's like every single health place in Texas, okay, is going to sell some sort of food. And people in Texas aren't supposed to carry food from a company that doesn't have the state seal inspected grant. So we have a little sticker like this, right, that has our number. I forget what our number is, 4166. So it would be in there, okay? This little thing here is on our actual label. So every single label that has meat in it. So it only applies to meat. Like if you have chicken, meat meals, et cetera, <laughs> steak, whatever, they're on it. Okay. But they know that they're not supposed to carry that, but then there's different authority bodies. So in County X, let's say in Frisco, Texas, there's the local health, right? They don't necessarily know what the state knows. So they're saying, Hey, to you, Mark, in your store, you can sell whatever you want. Well, no, you can't based on state regulation. You have to, so there's like a conflict there, which is sort of weird as well. But um, again, it's just, it is a frustration. I think that everyone should have one standard to follow. Mm -hmm. I don't think it'll ever be that way though, because just there's not enough people ever coming out. Like no one says, hey, I want to grow up and I want to be a friggin' FDA food inspector. Right. And we're, we're finding that, like we talked to people and it was funny, our inspector's like, yeah, my dad was here for 22 years. And I'm like, it's crazy. It's like an old boys club or old girls club. Right. But um, it, it's just, it's it's been interesting, the things you learn there. And even like with the FDA and then when USDA people come, there's only so many inspectors per jurisdiction, and these guys are way underpaid and way overworked. Like some of these people were driving 150 miles, so they're doing five or six different plants. They leave us, they start at five o'clock in the morning, they leave our place at 8.30, and they're going to like five or six other plants. They're using our, our place as like a home base facility, so we have to provide them like their own office, a shower, blah, 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 blah. That's where they do their education stuff out of and um, have a full-time office in our facility. It looks to me like the company's grown a lot. You know, since the since the time I first got food uh, from you, you guys have changed a lot of things. It's, it's very clear that you're putting money back into the business. Um, how did you how did you even like how did you get this thing like off the ground? And and uh, I guess maybe even, you know, why? Like, why did you get it off? the Why did you start it? Yeah, originally we started um, based on I'll call it selfish reasons, right? From standpoint of we just there was a few other options. One of our my friends owned another local company didn't necessarily like exactly what they're doing as picky. I uh, didn't want to have certain ingredients, uh, certain preservatives and stuff in what they were doing. So I met my partner, um, Danny, who was the head chef at the Omni hotels. Um, Danny's culinary background as long as he's been around pretty much. And, um, just really understood the food side of it. And, uh, we put that together, started doing custom meals where building your own macros, etc. Um, and then got into signature meals. And to me, any business that you have, I've always, I've had three other businesses prior, but, you have to have two things. One, for me, it's important to have a residual or recurring revenue stream. And I look at food as that. Everyone buys and has to eat, right, every five to seven days. So it's a recurring revenue. The second thing is I think you have to have, I'll call it a solution to a problem. And our solution that we try to provide is convenience, right? Everyone lives a busy, hectic lifestyle. And you guys have all heard the Blue Aprons and the Hello Freshes and everyone else. The big, I think, what I'll call a downfall in that aspect is people think it's great for the first maybe four, six weeks, maybe a couple months. But after the fact is you still got to build, you got to put that meal together. Whether it takes 15 minutes, whether it takes 30 minutes, right? You have to put it together. So from a convenience aspect, our food's ready to eat on the go. I don't know. You got mom. It's an interesting way of uh, putting it. If you think about it, like sometimes people will say that you can't, like time is the one commodity that 
commodity that you can't buy, but in this case, you kind of can. Uh, I think it, it, <laughs> you're you can, buying you back buy a little bit of time, yeah. you know, it buys con- convenience and adds yeah. to that, whatever you're doing. You microwave it for three minutes. You're good to go. Yeah. Or eat it cold. Like I do half the time in the car, so. <laughs> but it's, uh, so you started it mainly for yourself and then how were you able to like get it off the ground? Like, like, did you have investors? Like how, how did, how did you get things going? So it's been self-funded, um, up until, uh, basically a year ago and it's, I'll call it still self-funding really a year ago. We took, um, a partner on, mm-hmm. but that partner was really just for our CPG. Um, I'll call it relationships and different things. So myself and my partner had funded it and then based on cash flow funded it. If you look, it wasn't the flashiest. A lot of the stuff is, uh, like we had this discussion. How, how did you fund it? What did you do before? Um, I had, uh, the last business I had was a company called Layer Technologies. I owned uh, data centers. We did uh, cybersecurity hosting. So I had that for 14 years. So when people say, hey, like, about materialistic objects and like things that happen quick and the internet millionaires and stuff. I say, dude, we're four and a half years in and to me, we're just really getting started, right? Um, I had that for 14 years before that, I had another company that was software. I grew up in a, in Canada, so I don't know if the accent's showing out and about in the house, but um, <laughs> I grew up in the- funeral, Comes out here and there. Yeah, I grew up actually in the funeral industry. So my dad owns funeral homes and cemeteries. Oh. There's a recurring a revenue recurring stream. Revenue stream <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but uh, never going away. So yeah. one thing's going to happen, you're going to die. Everybody eat. needs to die. Yeah. And everyone needs point. to eat, right? So, um, But that's sort of, I started a software company that way. And I think that propelled us into, we uh, rolled out the, the hosting company from there. And then um, we sold that, and I've always been like I don't know, eating healthy. My wife more yeah. than yoga and vegan and stuff. So it's been a part of our lifestyle, and it just made sense. But also, I call it more. It was more. I had the data centers and had their things, and those were big companies that two hundred twenty people in the last company. But it wasn't really like this is more passion for me, right? I believe the food and talking about why it gets me riled up about the FDA and all that stuff is just because. I truly believe like we're helping someone, right? Like the biggest thing to me is obesity is a huge epidemic in this, like in the country, right? Not yeah, only in the US. <laughs> but at least he uh, has a smile on his face, right? So, That's true. But He's happy about yeah. it. So if I can feel like we're making a difference in someone's life or someone's child, like the child, that's to me, right? Everything comes through your, your kids and stuff. So, and it pisses me off because when we bought the company, like when we bought the first, um, we were renting a catering kitchen mm. and that catering kitchen, we went ahead cause we were using it for almost 24 hours a day. So we went ahead, bought all their assets and stuff. And the guy owned a, um, a meal prep business, which was for private schools. Mm. He's like, Hey, I want you to take over these contracts. And it was disgusting to me. So he would go buy Domino's pizza. Okay. And other crap and basically cut the pieces that were like this into three pieces. So he's buying a pizza for $7. And then that would be part of their meal. And I'm like, dude, we're not frigging taking over this country. I don't care if it's quarter million dollars, half a million dollars. Jeez. If we can't sell, our food. I'm not going to feed shit. Right. So that's, but that's what so many of this is out there. Right. So if I can feel like we're making even a small difference and that's when we look at like going ahead on our snacks and different things and what we're trying to do with clean ingredient decks and things that like, I want my child to put in his mouth. Right. So and the other thing is, look, we're never going to come out with a product that we're not going to eat. So I'm not going to come out with some meal that I wouldn't eat myself. or I wouldn't feed my kids. Like mm. it's funny because my whole family, my kids and stuff for probably the last three and a half, four years, we eat icon meals mm. and I get lazy going to the grocery store. So it's the other day, my daughter's like, Hey dad, what her, Hey mom, what's for dinner? And I said, icon meals. She goes, icon meals. I've had icon meals Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I don't want icon meals, but that's what it is, right? Just it's convenience. We live a busy lifestyle, like hectic lifestyle, three kids working, etc. So it makes life easier for us. Mm. And if I know we can have ingredients that 
while we're making life easier for us, are going to hopefully keep us healthy, nutritious, etc. Then that's I feel good about what I'm doing, and that's what makes me want to go to work every day and like better and and do different things. And it makes me want to do the crap that I don't want to do. I don't want to deal with the FDA and USDA every day, right? Yeah. We just went through and. For the last four years, we were in 12,000 square feet. We just uh, um, took over a 31,000 square foot facility. So like going from doing potential of a bit 50,000 meals a week in that facility, max, right? So we had three shifts, 24 hours a day because we just had no more room. We had 70 people, whatever, on top of one another. This place, we've gone back to three shifts. So instead of an overnight, it stops probably at midnight, one, and starts up at five. But this facility has the capacity right now with current technology to do about a quarter million meals a week. So... Um, again, can do a lot more things. Can we'll have a lot more coming out. Um, so a lot more evolution and growth. But there is an easy road. There is an easy road where you can hey skimp corners and buy a crappy product and do different things that necessarily probably aren't integritous and different things. And there's a harder way. And I think we've chosen the harder way. But to me, it's the right way. Mm, yeah. And that's again going back why I just feel so passionate about the different aspects of not everyone competing on that same level. So. You know, I'm curious because when you said when you started, right, um, obviously I can tell that you started with a wanting to have quality with everything that you put out. But with so many meal prep companies that are coming out right and left every single year, uh, how is it that you managed to separate yourself from everybody else while like everyone's doing trying to do that same thing? So I think it's not necessarily I think what a lot of these companies get rolled up into is looking at hey what is mark doing what are you doing right but to me it's not that i we've always wanted to evolve i think if you're not evolving and growing you're dying right but for me what that is that's always trying to push not the envelope as far as like quality and things but pushing new product out doing different things and i'll say look for us people say hey what's the deal you want to sell the company etc look my blinders are on i told my partner danny just a couple weeks ago we were in Four and a half years in the other place, right? I said, forget that four and a half years. I need your undivided attention for the next 18, 24 months because we're back at ground zero, right? We're 31,000 square feet. We have now about 90 employees, et cetera. But I need us to build Icon version 2.0. What's that, right? New meals, like we're rolling it family style, rolling it kids style, okay? We're doing a lot with the a la carte, a lot of different functional food items. So you'll see five new snack or functional food items rolling it. But I think that's one of the things like, look, it's the same as in working out. Don't try to compare yourself to someone else. Okay. If you want to compare yourself to someone else first, step up and make sure you're doing all that back work that no one sees, right? No one sees the crap that we do with the, the quality and the FDA. And like when we talk about box testing and packaging, I've got people that run over the boxes. I've got people that are like, we've done things on YouTube, like off a 25 foot ceilings right like for foam testing and for allergens and recycling and like we do tests that friggin packages go with robotic like thermometers around the country and we're getting temperature testing back to see what it does on fedex no one ever talks about that right yeah. and that's cost us but i think that's the thing that you got to understand what you want to get from your business if you're just doing it for money and you're cooking food i can cook food and i can charge money and not worry but again you got to understand i think what you want to get and then blinders on, focus where you're going, and everyone else can do their own thing. Like, I believe there's many other companies that have copied different things that we've done. It's great. I don't really care. Congratulations to them, right? But if they want to play exactly apples to apples and start, and it, I try to stay out of like talking junk and stuff. And it's funny because my partner gets real riled up, right? Mexican and different things. And I'm like, dude, don't worry. It's like the, it's like imitation, and but it's a form of flattery for you, okay? Yeah. 
And I'll put my chef, like Danny, my partner, up against anyone, like head to head. And I think that's really just blinders on, focus on what you're doing. Like Mark said, who cares about what the other people are doing right now, right? Yeah. 10 years down the road, they know that you were the guy that started it. So if they can perfect it and make it better than yours, so yeah. be it, right? Okay. Yeah, Todd and I were just talking a little bit off the air and he was like, ah, oh, I see like a lot of knockoffs of this product and that product. And I was like, yeah, you know, but I won't get any credit for that for a while, you know, because we're all kind of like, everyone's kind of like fighting together, you know, but it will be 10 years, 20 years um, down the line where someone will be like, you know what, that fucking guy started all that shit, yeah. you know? And, and, but it's like, what does it really matter anyway? Like, I don't really care. Like, I just, I want to make things better. I want to see things improve. And like you said, you know, you started your stuff for selfish reasons. Same here. Like I made all the products that I made, especially in the beginning, like just to serve purposes for myself. What I liked about what you, you just said though, really, it's like, you know, kind of in a nutshell, you know, you're talking about like grow and evolve and don't focus in on what someone else is doing. That's a great message for all of us uh, in this kind of like Instagram, you know, lifestyle, this Instagram world that we're in where you, when you see other people, what they're doing, you're like, oh man, I think I need to do that. Oh man, I think I need to do, you know, you see, see a Michael Hearn workout. It's very easy to like ch all of a sudden change your, change your plan and start following his program. But meanwhile, the program that you just started, you didn't even give a chance mm. to let it grow or let it, let it work. Uh, maybe you heard of somebody's uh, diet or nutrition advice and you start trying it for a few days and then you hear somebody else's and then you hop on that. And it's like, no, let's, let's kind of build towards the future. And maybe rather than comparing yourself to other people, compare yourself to yourself, uh, compare yourself to where you're at and compare yourself to kind of like where you want to get, compare yourself to where you used to be. Think about where you used to be. You're probably, you know, hopefully, you know, if it's uh, two, three years into your training process, hopefully you're further ahead. And if you're not, that's when you have to start asking yourself some questions. Have I really been consistent with this? Have I you know, if I, am I at a six or am I at a nine so, in terms of like effort, things like that? Here's what I say to that. So I think a, a lot of people, it's two things, right? I put a quote out there the other day and it's like a lot of people are going to come and go. A lot of things are going to come and go in your life. But the one thing that's constant is when you look in the mirror, that same person you're going to see, right? You're going to see him now. You're going to see him hopefully 70, 80 years down the road. Okay. The second thing is on that, what you just said, I, I, I asked a question in a little video and I got a bunch of bad feedback the other day. I said, Hey, are you an integritist person? And they're like, fuck you, I'm integritist. So I'm like, I live by integrity stuff. Okay, great, but are you being an integrity, integritist person to yourself? And that's like, are you doing the things that you're telling other people, okay, to yourself? Like, look, I didn't have to get up at 2.45 in the morning. The other day I was in the, in, I said in my garage gym, it was frigging 2.30 in the morning, I'm doing what I don't want to do, okay? But I could have taken a picture and this and that and posted it and fucking not done it. Okay. But that's, again, I am going to live hopefully my life doing everything that I can do with integrity for myself. That's doing the things that I'm going to say I'm going to do to tell other people. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things. And then the second thing I'd say is I think there's a lot of, again, perception, not always reality out there where when we focus on what we're doing, we have a lot of affiliates and people say, oh, you work with all these big people. And I think people probably think we're bigger than we actually are. Right. But the other thing that people don't know, they see all these affiliates with these companies and stuff, or people have been with us and gone somewhere else. And I'm like, they don't understand that they're getting paid. Okay. And I have worked with, I'm not going to mention names, but they know who they are, but a lot of big people in the fitness industry and others that aren't necessarily with us, but why they go somewhere else. Okay. Because I told them, look, if you need eight to 10 grand a month in base and you're this big dude, we're not for you. I want to work with people that find value in our product. If you look and you work with us as far as a partner, there's no, hey, you got to post this. You got to post that. If we're not adding value to your life and my product does not add value to your life, then it's not a fit and we're good. 
right? Go somewhere else. But they don't see like there's tons of other meal prep companies that, oh, I'm working with this person. Yeah, look at your freaking payroll for paying them. I don't care, okay? <laughs> I've worked with like, we, we still do food for like the, the Rock Stunt Double, like Tanoy and those guys sometimes, right? We work with a ton of the UFC fighters, ton of WWE. There's other companies that say, hey, we're the sponsor of UFC. Great. I could have paid a $5 million over X many years, <laughs> right? They don't, it's not, perception's not always reality. Yeah, you paid for it. And great they paid for it. I love some of those other deals, PGA and all this other. Great. But I do not pay our affiliates. Like they can make compensation and stuff. We do different partnerships, different events they have. But again, I want to provide them food and stuff if it adds value to their life, right? And I truly believe that all their followers, followers, people that follow you guys, everyone, eat, right? So if we can give them good nutrition and again, good education and good information, that's another big thing. I think there's a ton of self-reported gurus out there. Everyone wants to do, hey, everyone's a diet doctor now and everyone has a diet plan and this. Follow what friggin' diet works for you, okay? Don't chase this shiny object. Don't chase this friggin' magic wand, keto this and that. There's so much confusion out there, right? <laughs> follow something, follow it through, be integrous to yourself. And during that process, make the small changes, make the small adjustments along the way that get you the results that you want. Nothing's, you're not wrong for following one thing, but don't be jumping here and there and everywhere. I think like you've also seen some affiliates and partners that, hey, jump to this company and jump to that company. And like, like people got to realize at some point. So um, I, again, just, I'd say, hey, when we work with anyone, I'm the easiest guy to get along with. Just don't screw me, okay? If you have a problem, come face to face. I'm all about no drama. I don't have room in my life for drama. Former hockey player, you got to watch <laughs> out, man. They they deal with things a little differently than most. Pull the jersey over your head and start yeah, throwing uppercuts. There you go. That's a violent sport. <laughs> really is. When you were talking about diet for a bit, like, do you have certain diet principles that you follow specifically? Because you know we talk a lot about carnivore, keto, all these different yeah. types of diets. Do you try different stuff? So, or? I've done like I did a lot. And Mark knows this, this. is uh, the best part about it. A meal prep guy who does a lot of fasting. I used to. I could send you empty containers too. <laughs> we could start another company, the fasting uh, company. Actually, there are companies that do that. Yeah. Now. When you fast, though, you still have to eat, right? So um, again, I've tried different things, but again, I would not give anyone information that I have not personally done. Okay. So I've tried keto. I've tried, like I've did a lot for over a year of intermittent fasting. And you can look at my Facebook and Instagram posts and people say, oh, this is Photoshop. No, that's just me putting what's out there for me, right? Like I took four different days on a fasting. So I did 60 hours, Mark knows 84 hours and stuff. But the changes in the mindset and different things, like those are just real raw examples, not Photoshopped anything. But yeah, for me right now, I have a protocol over the years and I think that's the biggest change. So I said, hey, I used to lift way back, like way back when I was younger, 20s and before that, they used to call me lumpy, right? So I was like, big boy, 252 pounds, 38 inch waist, a lot has changed, but the biggest thing I think has changed, not just the working out, it's the, the diet. The diet for me lumpy. is lumpy. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's wrong. <laughs> I think uh, Smokey over there was husky. Husky. Ooh. Back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, diet to me is, is key. So I found what works. Um, I, I've done like a bunch of different physique shows. I got my pro card for men's physique back in 2012. Oh, wow. But um, again, never really had a diet coach, right? So I've used, like I've worked with a few different people but again for the last few years it's just it's been me and that's more for me what i find right now and stick to more is a higher protein so i'm typically like a 250 to 300 grams a day um i don't do well on a lot of carbs so for me i load up on carbs i'm sleepy like different things so i just my body i find doesn't process them as well so i'm probably 100 maybe 150 a day in my high day mm -hmm. and most of those are going to be right around my training does it maybe trigger you to kind of 
maybe revert back to some habits of when you were bigger too, if you eat carbs? Yeah, I think it's, I learned a lot of things. And one thing I tell anyone, people say, hey, what diet, what's this and that? And one of my biggest things to me is if you don't know what you don't know, you need to know. And I, what I mean by that is you need to go get your blood work done. A full blood panel. Don't go to your traditional normal doctor. You get some wild blood panel done, don't you? Like you get I, get I, like a few hundred things tested or something? Well, I yet? do. Uh, I work with a hormone doctor and I, every quarter I go get my blood work done. But what that tells me, and I've written a couple articles on this, you don't understand. It's like there's a lot that you can learn from what's in your blood, right? And that's from what foods. So maybe you've been eating a food for 10 years mm-hmm. and you're not losing weight or you're doing this, but you don't know you're allergic to it or your body doesn't process it this way, right? There's even genetic testing. So one of the first things like for gene markers and stuff, the first time I ever got a full panel done, I was like, holy shit, this is 23 pages. and There's stuff in there that I don't want to know, right? Mm-hmm. I'm per- I'm like a guy that is, has something that's like only 14% or whatever. But again, I want to know because it's like my body doesn't process fast a certain way. So for me, keto isn't the best, right? It's my body takes different carbs. And I, for me, I don't do a lot of rice and stuff. If I'm going to do carbs, it's typically going to be sweet potato, dry rice cakes, et cetera. But again, I've learned a lot. I react really well to fibrous vegetables. So a lot of my carbs come from asparagus and different mm-hmm. vegetables. But again, I just know what works for me, right? So I, I have learned a lot. I'll try a little here and there, but I have a proponent typically of my diet is higher protein, moderate carb, and a moderate fat. Okay. And, and you um, just have like kind of general principles. Like you you train every morning uh, somewhere between like 3.30 and 4.30 or something like that. Yeah, always fasted. And then, yeah, always fasted. And then you don't eat until around lunchtime normally, right? Typically. And I think that that's you know, really what people should be kind of in search of. And I like a lot of what Todd's message was here is, you know, you're going to have to find what works for you. And what you have to be honest with yourself, like, is it really working? You can't just say that, you know, you can't just say, uh, cause I hear people too, say, Oh, you need like a balanced diet. And that may be true. Like some of these things might be true, but, um, if you're still 50 pounds overweight, maybe, maybe your diet needs to be out of balance for a little while. Maybe you need to try some intermittent fasting. Maybe you need to try but eating less carbohydrates That's one thing or I said like, about know? the integrity side, right? People lie to themselves. Okay. People accept excuses from themselves on a daily basis. You have first have to accept that, Hey, you are 50 pounds overweight, right? And whatever you're trying is not getting you the results. It that, ain't working. It's not working. <laughs> so go back and you have to be the hardest critic on yourself. Right. And there's so many people that like, I'm not even going to get into it right now, but the dad bod, okay? Because we talk about that, right? Oh, great. We're going to talk about Michael Hearn. (laughs) Big sexy. There you go. But from that standpoint, there was an article published, which got me fired up. And it came out. But if you look at it, who was it published by? Planet Fitness, okay? And they surveyed. But it says, hey, X amount of percentage of women out there love the dad bod, right? But come on, okay? Like So from that standpoint, the only reason I even mentioned this, Mark, is because to me, that's the mediocre mindset. Mm. Someone who's published this article now can play the victim and they can right. appreciate getting patted on the back because someone else told them that it's legit to have overweight. Yeah. Boobs. Et cetera. Okay? Dudes have boobs. But yeah. You got to be the harshest critic on yourself. And then if you really want to change, right. But that's like going into anything in life. So I do think, you know, from like a, like a, man, a, a guy's standpoint, I mean, look, it's, I think it's okay for a guy to have, you know, a little extra weight on them. And I think it's yeah, fine 100%. for women as well. I think, you know, a lot of people find it attractive for people to be a little thicker. It's fine. It's, it's okay. But to be like sloppy, like that doesn't make any sense. And to be kind of always living in, in excess, you know, it's like, you're just, in my opinion, you know, you're, if, if some people don't care, some people don't, they don't care that much about it. But I think, th- I believe that most people would feel better and feel better about themselves 
if they lost a little bit of weight. So I'm 100% of that same belief. Okay? I don't care how people look when I say dead body. It doesn't mean six-pack abs and stuff. But to me, it's about longevity and healthy. If you're 20 pounds, what would be classified as overweight or 50 pounds overweight, but you're healthy 100%, okay? By all standards, every test and stuff. And you're pretty happy. You're happy. Definitely. You're loving life, okay? So be it, right? I think where I have a problem with that is if you are a parent, okay? And you are sloppy and you are overweight and you're supposed to be a role model for for your kids. I have an issue with that. I don't care. Okay. Because to me, you have a responsibility and accountability to be the best individual, the best version uh, of yourself for you because it's rubbing off on everyone else. So it's almost like smoking. 100%. 100%. It's like you're you're invading my space well, now I'll give you ex- because you're fucking up everybody else in our society. Yep. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> One thing, and I'll, hopefully it doesn't mean like I'm too shallow or anything, but in Toy Story 4. You are. It's okay. That's uh, okay. Toy Story All right, cool. 4. In Toy Story 4, the parents of the, the kids, the kids' parents, yep. they were both, they were a little out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a little fluffy. Yeah. And I remember looking at it like, I wonder if I'm the only one in this whole theater that that recognized that. But I think part of that is also because the traditional population recognizes and like can feel the same way, right? So yeah. it's it's sort of that feel good. Hey, if, if you had like the Fantastic Four or whatever, or you had like whatever other people in there with his capes and superhero mm. stuff on. I think you were my favorite. One of my favorite scenes in any movie is in The Incredibles. The Incredibles. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> the yeah. uh, the guy works out so hard and gets himself in shape. It's like this montage of him working out and exercising and. He, you know, because he got fat and he's like, he's a superhero. So he spends all this time, he's like lifting and doing all this stuff. And he finally gets like his like shape back. And then he goes and he goes to get that uh, outfit from uh, that woman. Mm. And he's, he's on that screen. She has a, like a camera, you know, for her house or whatever. And he pulls up and he says who it is or whatever. And she looks and she like pulls her glasses down. She goes, oh my God, you've gotten fat. (laughs) The whole time this guy's been like exercising and training and she just, uh, took the wind out of his cells. Yeah, here's 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 the clip right here. It's hilarious. Oh, look at he's running with a train. <laughs> Brian Shaw there style right there. Yeah. What do you think about, because you mentioned, you know, if you're healthy and you're whatever, 20, 50 pounds overweight, that's fine. But, you know, like the healthy at every size movement that, yeah. that that's on. So, so I think it goes back to the question you asked me about diet and stuff too. I think one of the things that I've, I'll call it, evolved with and grown as I get older is more mm-hmm. longevity, right? Yeah. I'm looking at like, if I'm healthy, longevity, I want to be around for my kids 20, 30, 40 years, right? So, but also going into what food we provide and stuff, like I want people to consume product that's going to allow them to have that opportunity, right? I can't, I can't rip my head off. It's a big frustration for me because like even, I'll give you an example in the airport yesterday. I was sitting up in the front of the plane and there's a lady who's probably 350 pounds. And she was talking about all how, I listened to her talk about all how this person is smoking and it was crazy and stuff. As I watched her jamming combos, okay, those little nut snacks and cheese things in her mouth, four, five, six bags. But she's literally probably 200 <laughs> pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, something's wrong here, right? Like that's – so for me, it's about longevity. How can I take my time here, okay, by looking at what I'm exercising, what I'm putting in my body, and what kind of example do I want to be, right? Like for me, it's all about – my whole mindset's changed. Like I've been married a long time. I've had kids. I'm like weird, 19, 15, and 3. So I'm back in the rabbit hole, okay? So I, I've got to be that example. Like, I, it was weird coming back and all of a sudden you're not sleeping. Well, I don't sleep anyways, but like changing diapers, stuff like that. But it's, I got to be that best example and role model for me. I see everything, little thing that he copies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny, like he'll stand in the mirror, like you'll see like little abs, like shot and stuff. But he doesn't know necessarily why, but he's seen daddy, of course, okay, <laughs> doing stupid stuff like that. And he mimics that. 
So it's every single thing. Like, what does he put in his body? If I just let him eat whatever he wanted to eat, but he doesn't know. He's never probably seen some of the other snacks, right? So he's eating a lot of Icon, but he's eating a lot of other things, which are hopefully going to build habits for him. And I think what we do, like even exercising and stuff, right? He's at the gym with us. He's at different places. But again, just building that, I'll call it lifestyle, and that's putting those habits and stuff into well, call future generations and stuff, mm-hmm. but also just out there. What kind of role model? What kind of example do you want to be? What kind of like, I'm not I'm just, that's, it's, I, again, really passionate about just that because that's a big, big frustration for me. But I always say, hey, I wish I could rip off my head, put it on someone else's body to help them. And it, it comes from inner conflict. I'll say, quite frankly, like inside my family, just one of my uh, siblings and stuff is like, just got three kids. He's got twins and stuff. And I just, oh, I don't have time. I want to punch him right in the teeth. Like, I can't sit. Like, me and him, I love him to death, right? But it's, let's go bar brawling because we just, it's 10 minutes together and I can't take any more shit. Like, it's, I can't, I don't accept excuses. It's not, there's no excuses. Like, there's never an excuse. You always can make the time. It's a priority of what you've set forth in your life. And it's the same thing as what you're shoving in your mouth is a priority and it's how you feel about yourself, internalized. Yeah, get attached to something. You know, find something to, you know, a good practice for a lot of people that maybe don't necessarily love the gym is like maybe find something that you used to like to do. Maybe you used to like play volleyball. Maybe you used to like to play basketball or find something that you used to like to do and figure out a way to get a chance to do that again. Maybe you have a friend and used to, you know, uh, go cycling with them or whatever it is. Find that thing and and then, you know, try to build some consistency with it. To me, your 10 minute walks. Yeah. Okay. Simple. Someone can talk on their damn phone for 10 minutes. Someone can do their social media for 10 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Walk. Like, going back in my family. Oh, I don't have time. Dude, (laughs) don't sleep into 11 o'clock, okay? Like, don't, like, again, 10 minutes. Walk. Like, I, you know, work 50 hours a week, and you're like, I work 100, so. (laughs) Like, (laughs) What's the difference? Yeah. (laughs) To me, I I don't know. I'm, again, not going to be that accepting of anything. It's my choice as yours, right, to wake up, but I'm always up before my alarm. I'm passionate about what I do. I can't wait to get into my day. Have you always been this way, and has your sibling always been the way he is? It's interesting because, no, like, he used to be big into MMA. Like, he was fighting back in the day with, like, big martial arts guys. He fought Chuck Liddell and all those guys. Like you think maybe, it's, maybe he got burnt out or something? Or? I think it's, it's comfort. Hmm. Um, it's also the lifestyle as far as, like, I can get a bunch of different excuses, right? Yeah, I don't right. have time to do this. We eat out all the time. We do this and that. But again, I just, I'm not accepting of it because anyone so he can used adapt. To, but he used to have like the internal drive and for whatever reason, it's just not there anymore. Yeah. And I think it's going back to not just nutrition and fitness, right? It's like, how do you develop yourself? How do you personally develop yourself? Your mindset. Mindset plays to me a huge, important role, right? Everything else is driven by your mind. Your body's always going to do whatever you tell it to do. It's your mind giving it before. Like, right? Pushing through. Okay. Your body's going to do it. So if you have not worked on you, whether that be through podcasts, through books, through following other people on YouTube, whatever, you have to have something that drives you. And if not, you're just, I say like you're, you're sleepwalking through life. And to me, sleepwalking through life is not living. So, um, and I think there's a lot of people that are just doing the day in and day out. Um, which again, going back to this individual, I don't really know what drives them. Like you can say, Hey, money drives me great. But if you're not around, to see that money do anything good for your kids or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like my whole mindset's changed. Your money's a, a motivating factor, but it's a factor for me to allow other people to be able to do more things, right? To provide value. Okay. Um, and, and from that standpoint, I'm all about experiences now. I've, I've had a big shift over the past I'll call it 
five, 10 years, right? And me, I want to experience more with my kids. I want uh, like to experience more with other people in life. Like I love things like this, bringing together. I'm all about network, building relationships, right? What value can I add to someone else to put into their life? So back when you worked in that tech company, you before Icon, were you still as health conscious as you are now or did yeah. that shift? So the last, point? so in layer tech for the 14 years I had that, that's when I, so I got my pro card back in 12. It was weird because sort of, in 2012, 2011, 12 was really willing to had a shift. So I used to enjoy the alcohol. I used to enjoy the different things. And I wasn't necessarily overweight. So my big shift for me was back, um, I guess, 1993, 94. That's a long time ago. But um, I got sick really bad with a severe case of mono. I was in intensive care for 41 days. I lost, or 21 days, I lost 41 pounds, right? So it, I was going to play junior hockey up in northern Canada and it sort of changed everything based on coming into that. That's probably from my lifestyle prior to a lot yeah. of party and a lot of just different things. And that's when I started, I never put that weight back on, but I was like soft. I was like, Hey, I thought I'd be working at a college and stuff, but I'd still be, I was a bouncer and I was enjoying like the partying and stuff. And then 2012, I just made a decision. I, was, I can still remember clear on New Year's Eve. I said, Hey, I'm going to do a freaking physique competition. And they're like, this was just when it started out, like the Steve Kirks and those guys. And, mm -hmm. And was like, oh, yeah, bullshit, bullshit. I'm like, that just fired me up more. And then from there, I went and I did a bunch of NPC shows. I got my pro card. And when I got my pro card, I was like, holy shit, this is like now I either got to step up and look like you, okay, or sort of end of the road and can give my mark. And that's where I, I have done that. I've done pretty much two to three. I've done five one year. And, um, again, it's wow. not necessarily for me about the competition. I like the journey. I like internalizing and pushing myself. And that's, to me, I'm always going to be in the better shape. I don't really have a problem getting shredded down and stuff. I've had to learn how to try to maintain muscle and grow and change the diet and change training principles and stuff. But again, it's been that self-journey. And I think back in 2012 is really when I said, hey, I haven't really drank since then, et cetera. So, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of great things that you can learn from, you know, someone like uh, Michael Hearn. But I know you train with him quite a bit. What are some things that maybe like maybe what are some things that people don't see? that you've picked up from him that have helped you uh, in training and in business and in life in general? Sure. So I think one of the biggest things about in training, um, it's a totally different mentality, right? For me, I was always of the mentality, and I think just a lot of people are the same. Hey, you got your rep range, you got your 8 to 10, your 12, your hypertrophy, et cetera. Working with Mike, I have to adjust my mind. I'm like ADD in my mind, right? I'm going to be 45 minutes in the gym, superset drop sets, and there's a time and place for that, and Mike does that. But the biggest thing, I think, is learning how the overload principles of like your CNS and stuff. And you know a lot about that, about your powerlifting, but it's building that core base. So when we work and I was thinking like Mike's crazy because like even in, the, in these videos, right, we'll go in, we'll warm up on chest, incline, do one rep, put it up. And I'm like, what the hell does that do? And Mike's like, so I've worked with Mike enough, but like even on squats, we do one rep, put it back, two reps, put it back. And then we're into working sets, but you're already eight sets in, right? <laughs> and then you start with like your 315s and stuff like that. But again, my central nervous system after two or three days with him being out there is, is just shot. But it's allowed me, as I told you earlier, Mark, to hold a lot more body weight, a lot more mass. I think maybe whether it's like growth hormone release and different things, um, that'd be one training principle. And Mike is key, as he's telling you here, he gives a lot of 
insight into movements, into why, right? You talked about, I think, the magic finger and pointing and yeah, touching yeah, different yeah. things. But I've learned so much with him on just different training principles and how to incorporate. And um, you can do one movement one way, right? Pull downs. But as you do it with him, the weight comes in half and you're utilizing different muscles individually. Yeah, and he's still using heavy weight too. You're he's like, using crazy he heavy weight. That? So, um, and then the second thing I think a lot of people don't realize is everyone says, oh, hey, Natty and duck eggs and this and that. They don't understand what they don't see behind the scenes. They don't see, and me and Mike are a lot similar in nature as far as, um, he's a little bit older than me, but I've taken a lot of like I'll talk, um, vitamins and different things behind the scenes, right? If you go to Mike's, Mike's whole thing is a bit like we we're talking about K2 collagen, different things that are joints, that are um, ligaments, that are mind, that are heart. And those are things that help your body recover and your mind recover and different things. And with Mike as well, it's all, it's mindset, right? That mindset is what drives Mike to be better on a daily basis. So I think there's, there's those three things and we've, we've meshed well, um, on a lot of those, but the, the key thing on differentiating is, is the principles of, for me on his training style. Yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, we're going to have an opportunity for all of us to work out with him, uh, in a few days and we're, we're super fired up and excited about it. But I think, uh, yeah, I just think that he has, you know, he has a lot of fans. He's got a lot of followers, but I don't think they re- like, there's something genius about the guy. I, I have a hard time like putting my finger on exactly what it is. Cause he's not going to, you know, like finish a set and then nail you with like a bunch of science, but somehow he like, no, he knows the body. He knows the mindset of training. I think almost better than anybody I ever met. I, I believe like it's true. I think he comes up with, came up with a long time ago, his style, what he calls power bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, if you really listen and sit down with Mike, it's not going to explain the science, but it's going to explain why different things do different things, right? And I think that's where he doesn't overcomplicate it. Some of the people come in and say, hey, this is this science of this and that. And Mike tries to give you real, real deal data, I'll call it, where it's things that you can make small changes over time. And like, it humbles you. Like we talked about squat, going back down, he's like, like, he tells me all the time, I send him videos. He's like, no more fucking squat. You suck. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I want to tell him like, fuck you. Okay. Like, but he goes back 135, Right. And it's like working on hip placement, working on sitting back, working on different things, right. Working on firing off. Like you were helping me today, mm-hmm. but that's, those are key things. And even like going back down to chest, like we'll go back, put a plate on, right. It's all about angles. It's about different um, pieces of working little tiny muscles that you might not even think about. So again, I think it's his uh, delivery of how he does it. And he's never, one thing that you'll know with Mike, Mike never talks down to you, right? You're not dumb, okay? He's delivering, it's like almost like a teacher. He's delivering that content and education and he adopts that style better than anyone based on who he's talking to. Whether you're 12 years old or whether you're 90 years old, Mike has a, a sense of where you are and is able to deliver what you need. He's pretty He's pretty complimentary and he's pretty positive. And yeah, he will talk some shit here and there, but like most of the time, like if he does that, it's like, you know, it's usually like afterwards yeah. or like, it's not usually like while you're in the middle of a set or anything like that. But, you know, cause we all like to have fun with that kind of stuff. But, you know, when I was uh, training with him, you know, for that time, you know, through, through the summer and stuff like that, it was just, it was just awesome just to kind of see like how he he attaches his mind to like whatever it is that he's doing. So I always say to have an intent of the day. And, uh, what I used to mean by that was, you know, to kind of have like a schedule, you know, what are you going to do for that day? What are like, have a plan when you go into the gym. And even if you only have the plan, once you get to the gym, that can be okay too, but have a main intent. What am I trying to get from this day? Am I really just trying to get like a good lat pump 
or am I trying to train my back heavy? Like, what is the intent? What's the first exercise? What's it going to look like? And then kind of start to roll out what everything looks like from there. But what Mike does, he takes it a step further is whatever the intention is, he attaches his mind to it and his body and kind of syncs it up. So like he might do say like a tricep push down or something. Well, he's not just doing a tricep push down, getting a pump in, in his tricep. He's thinking about the connective tissue and you'll see him close his eyes. And I've asked him before. I'm Everything. Like, yeah. I'm like, you know, kind of what are you doing? And then when I think about people like Wim Hof, or I think about some of these other people that are, um, uh, the names eludes me for now, but Kyle Kingsbury was talking about him as well. Uh, Paul Check. Paul Check talks about working in and Paul Check is a genius. There's pr- ha- probably hasn't been a smarter person on the planet when it comes to training yeah. than Paul Check. But here's Mike kind of uh, taking a more of a, a, an approach learning it all like under the bar, but he closes his eyes and he's thinking about the connective tissue. Now one person might say, well, you can't really do that. Well, Wim Hof has proved otherwise because you can put that dude in a tank of water and he can change the temperature of the water with his mind. It's insane. Like they've run all these crazy tests on him. And I I believe that, you know, what Mike is doing, it's obviously effective. The guy's never been hurt. Yeah. That's one of the things I was going to say with Mike, with Wim Hof going into his breathing techniques and stuff. That's a lot that Mike takes internal he's just started talking a bit more but those are things that he does do right and the one thing that me and mike get along great with is like it is that intention and mindset so me and him always challenge each other like about like when we fast right like who can push okay let's say 84 hours or whatever right <laughs> or uh, again who's going to get shredded and it's like i joked around saying hey it's like two friggin' teenage kids at a sleepover but we're friggin' he's 50 years old and i'm 44 okay it's crazy but again it's it's enjoyment getting from that, right? And seeing each other be better and being able to still push. But again, he is an individual that's hardly ever, never been hurt, right? And if you look at him, and it's one thing that I've learned as well, like no, we never use wraps. Okay, I'm not saying uh, no yeah, wraps right. and stuff, but again, I've, since I've been trained with him, I had to throw my straps away, right? Different things. But again, there's reasons for him doing that for me. And it's funny because I went and got Dexa bone scans and stuff. And the lady's like, hey, the only thing is your forearms. And she's like, you've been using wraps for like many, many years. I'm like, yeah. Well, she's like, that's probably one of the main reasons because mm. the only thing in your whole body where it shows bone density is not as thick is your is forearm um, and your actual. Right. So, but he does a lot of different things that are just not common knowledge, right? And still, like the other day, friggin' 455 for incline, okay? Just for reps, four reps, like absolutely crazy. And people say, hey, how long is Mike going to be doing this? I say, he's going to be doing this for a long, long time. Yeah, he can shift over into that pretty quickly. Like he might do 405 and, and you know, kind of struggle with it. But for him, it's, you know, some people can make whatever they want about the drugs or whatever. They're going to always kind of throw that in there, right? Uh, but I've taken drugs and I, I, I'm not able to, uh, make that shift the same way he is. He does it with food. He does it with sleep. He does it with recovery. He does it with the way he trains. I think it's also key that just mentioned, like I've worked with Mike now for almost five years on food, right? So Mike uses food as alcohol as a drug. Mike uses as a weapon. It's a weapon. Yeah. Like, and it's selective choices. So with Mike, this guy shredded, what's this dude's name? Uh, Sean Rez. He's awesome. He's a good dude. One of our good friends. They call him Mr. Five O. He's always five percent body fat or less. Damn, so, what? Yeah, he looks insane. Yeah, he's usually between three and four, but he's a good guy. Um, so again, I introduced Sean to Mike and stuff and those guys, and they've been training partners for a while. But again, it's a good back and forth rate right, mentality of different training styles. But um, good freaking, group of people. You know, as far as like you know, you obviously took away a lot from Mike in terms of like fitness and stuff. But when it comes to what you've done in terms of business, is there anyone in your life who? Yeah you could credit that to or that you continue sure. to learn from? Yeah, so when I started um, my first company, we actually merged with, uh, so I had a, the first company was in the funeral industry mm-hmm. and I merged with another company and uh, 
an individual there is my mentor for a long time. His name was Bob Neon. He owned the largest real estate investment trust in Canada. Um, lived offshore in Bahamas. He's a billionaire. And uh, unfortunately passed away um, back in, in 2007. He had an oversized heart. He was a very healthy individual. Wrestled for Canada and stuff. But um, had, I guess it's called the silent killer. Too much muscle around your heart, et cetera. And um, had that hereditary and passed away. But I learned a lot from him. I met a lot of like... Um, billionaires and really big business people and just different philosophies on life, different philosophies on business. And, um, he's played a huge role in, in my life. Um, and then my partner as well back that was partners with him, a gentleman by the name of Michael Platner. And uh, those guys have played a, a big, big role. And I, I guess I continue to learn from people a, a lot of even like current stuff. Right. So mm -hmm. I try to take different pieces of business and information that I believe that they've done well and try to mimic or mirror and learn from them. And going back to what I said earlier, I think for me, it's a bit, who can you surround yourself with? And I never want to call it, um, I don't know, it's different because in my other companies, I always had like bigger people that made more money than me who had more experience and stuff. And in Icon, it was different because I didn't really have a group of, I'll call it executives. We have like 80 some people, but those people are in the kitchen, right? So for me, I had to get back into those masterminds and networks and stuff where I'll call it so I didn't have like the law of the lid. I don't know if you ever read John Maxwell or anything, but he talks about law of the lid. Law of the lid, you're coming up against the lid and you're hitting that top. So you got to expand yourself, right? So I always want to be around people that make more money, that have more knowledge, have more experience. And some of those people are like right now. I do a lot and um, really am grateful for uh, different input and stuff I've got from people like Bedros Koulian, right? Like Mark, I've learned just a lot from you, whether mm -hmm. it's not been directly hey told to me but just different things that you've done right and accomplished and uh, i love seeing that and i can take internalized pieces of that um so for from people like that that have really i think just added value and I, again a lot from mike right um whether on business maybe not directly just financial stuff but pieces that i can take and implement into mindset in business i think is key so yeah, just people that execute at a really high level doesn't matter what they're doing. Doesn't 100%. matter if they're an MMA fighter or a, a lifter or a business entrepreneur, right? Yeah, and I think there's a, the common trait and commonality between like people like you, myself, and like Mike, other people. I think like those are the people that like. Why do we all get up at four a.m. Right, and different things. Just, to me, it's, it doesn't necessarily say you have to get up at four a.m., but it's that mindset that drives you to be more, to be better, to add more value, to. Um, want to add more value to other people's lives, right? It's not just about the money, okay? It's about like, hey, what can you contribute? What kind of impact you can make uh, on society and stuff? So from that standpoint, I think there's a, a lot of um, great people out there. My son was saying the other day, he's like, um, you know, asked me like why I train so early in the morning. I was like, well, I was like, it's the best way for me to get the best workout. And then also like, I just have a busy day with work. And he's like, but you're already big and strong and you're already rich. <laughs> And I'm like, exactly. And then he kind of sat there and he was like, I get it. And he's like, I get it. You know, it makes sense. That's kind of like why you're where you are. And I was like, yeah, that's it. it it's part of it. You know, like you got to kind of lean into the things that are a little bit tougher. You know, over a long period of time, you start to develop stronger willpower and you start to become, you know, so you start to change over, over a period of time. You start to be better at handling more stuff. You don't get, you don't get worse at it. You get better at it. And I think that, you know, if I, if I knew something like that, you know, when I was younger, uh, maybe I would have started, you know, on the mission a little earlier, you know, to, to work, yeah, to, to work towards these things. That's true. I think one thing that I've taken, um, I don't know if you can relate to this, but like I say, someone that wants to work with me or it might be a partner or something potentially, right. In a other business say, Hey, let's go train. Okay. And then from taking what kind of person they are in the gym to me, a hundred percent, whether other people agree or not, I don't really care. 
equates to what they're going to be life in, in life, right? And I've had people You're like, ah, oh, he quit on that lake well, press. 100%. Or, <laughs> or, it's not or, looking so good. <laughs> here's even the better thing. Even before you go in the gym, they say, hey, oh, 10 years ago I had this injury. I already know what it's going to be like, right? But that's going to translate to me to be excuses because I've got other people with a mentality of whatever it takes. So I've had people in there that don't say anything. We're going to train. I know they're not training like how I train, but they're puking, okay? Or they're this or that. And they've been successful in business, but I know I want to be part of something with them because that's a mindset. I don't want people that have the excuses and stuff because, again, I don't have time for drama. I don't have time for different things in my life. I know what I want, right? But for me, that gym is a parallel to what kind of your person you're going to be outside. Yeah, the you work out with somebody and have a great workout, and the guy tells you afterwards, like, dude, I had three rotator cuff surgery. I was dying when we were benching, but he didn't say anything the whole time <laughs> yeah. until afterwards. Like, you're like, well, you <laughs> said something. Well, I'll give you an example. They like, didn't have the mindset to even go there. Like right? Hans Mollenkamp, right, for MMA, okay? That guy's got friggin' two disc fusions in the back. He's got multiple screws, this and that. The guy's fighting with DC, okay? He's fighting with... Well, like That's insane. John Jones, okay? Yeah. He's fighting with every single person and he's going rounds and rounds and rounds. You don't hear him saying crap, right? Yeah. And again, so that's just what kind of person do you want to be? But it goes back to I'll call it what we talked about before, the integrity and different things, right? Personal integrity, et cetera. And um, it's again, how you live your life. Everyone has choice. Um, I would love to spend like four hours on this next question, but instead of being real general and ask you and Mark, like, oh, how do you balance everything? Uh, maybe just narrow it down more to like you're you're in awesome shape you guys both train your faces off how do you yeah balance everything but also not feel guilty for spending so much time on yourself me first so i think that's an easy question for me i get up at 2:45 in the morning my kids my wife do not wake up before six o'clock i can make the choice to sleep till six o'clock but then I would feel guilty about taking away time from them, right? I have a routine that works well for me and maybe not everyone else. I wake up, get my time before, I'll call it my gym therapy. Uh, I'm the guy in the gym in the morning, headphones on if I'm not training with Michael Hearn, <laughs> hoodie up and I do my thing, right? But again, for me, it's not about talking to people in the gym. I wanna do what I do. I have a routine that I follow. I'm not saying it's like just going through the motions. I'm still pushing myself every day, um, challenging myself. If you watch like even any of my stupid little videos, like if I'm doing cardio, I'm going to challenge myself. I play mind games, right? Changing if it's as high as it can go, then I'm going to change the speed or I'll do different things that I can't stop unless it's a round number, whatever, okay? But for me, it's I don't feel ever selfish because I made that decision to put a priority to do it at, six, at 2.45, 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't have the time at the end of the day. I try to get home when before 8 o'clock at night to put my 3-year-old to bed. It's a routine I have. People say, hey, how do you not sleep? You only got, well, look, it works for me, right? I put him to bed at 8 o'clock. I read him books. We go through prayers, all that stuff, and I'll fall asleep in his damn bed every night <laughs> between eight thirty and let's say ten. If my wife wakes me up, right? Mm -hmm. But those are my best two hours of my whole night's sleep, right? I'm out cold in his bed, okay, and I'll wake back up maybe whatever something else, and then I'm back in bed. But I'm getting my five six hours. People don't understand that, right? So I'm not hey watching TV again. Choices I just make, right? I'm not the guy that's sitting in bed going social media. I have my different things. So my two forty five in the morning, I'm going to the gym. I do a lot of different things. I go through just, I'll call it rituals for me, like grateful appreciation, like prayers, the prayer stuff. Okay. I'll do uh, some journal work potentially in the morning. Um, I tried for a long time and to uh, get in uh, to meditate and stuff. <laughs> My mind can't do that. Okay? I gave up. So I don't give up. On yeah, much, you're pretty but, fidgety. You know, yeah. I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this 10 minute meditation thing in the sun. I was like, I can't freaking do this. I want to punch myself in the head. Right. It just, it does not work for me because my mind's all over the place. Yeah. So, Again, different things, but that's how... Meditation gives you anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I does the exact more, opposite form. I might need more mind bullet over that one. I don't know. Yeah. So, oh, but, so 
I do never, I don't feel selfish because if I am not the best version of myself, I cannot contribute back to my family, back to my employees, right? So I was telling Mark earlier, if it's day two and I haven't worked it, my wife's like, get to the effing gym, right? And that's, she just knows that's, it's not spending money. It's not doing this. That's what I need for me. But I have to do that and prioritize that in my life to be the best version of me for everyone else that I interact with. So that's, I'll call it balance. And I don't really think there ever is balance because balance would be waking up at seven o'clock and going this. No, hmm. there's no balance in me waking up at 2.45. People say, oh, you, I say, I wake up early. They say, no, you don't, the middle of the night. Well, define what what works for you, right? Yeah. So so like uh, other than, you know, the, the right before bed, you know, reading to your, your kid, um, do you have any uh, rituals that help you get there like on time? Because that seems to be the like problem with like for me personally is like getting in getting to bed on time kind of to transition, wake up. but it doesn't yeah. matter. It's to me, it's a, a mindset, right? It's a and it's a thing that I've just in my mind. Like when we talk about intent, right? My intent. I got in here last night at one thirty seven in the morning. Okay, went to the hotel, could have complained, reservation was screwed up, so I got to my hotel at two o two in the morning. I was here at three fifty four. Okay, like and we trained. And I didn't, I slept five hours the night before, but that's an intent. That's what I wanted to do. That was my choice I made, right? Priority. I could have called Mark and said, man, my friggin' hotel was screwed up. Can't we just go back and start at six o'clock in the morning? But that's just, it's not me. And if I did that, that's giving in and bowing to, I'll call it mediocrity and different things that would parlay into other things in my life. And I think once someone makes a choice and just bends that rule that they have for themselves a little bit one way. They're out of balance. I don't know definition of what everyone's balance is, but to me, you've just shortchanged yourself, right? And that then allows for a little bit more. And I think when- How many times have we all done it with food? Yeah. You know, you let the food slide one way and you're like, oh, the day's gone. Oh, the week's shot. Oh, the, you know, but it goes, it goes from Friday, you know, to Saturday to Sunday. I'm starting on Monday. And, and here's, <laughs> here's one thing I, I take back to Mike and to me, and I think anyone that's successful in any realm of life. So- if I'm going to diet, I'm saying, hey, I'm going to do a show, right? To me, it's not, there's no off season and there's no this. I need a couple of weeks, right? But maybe it'll take me a couple of days, but I know in my, my head already, it's me for two or three days. But once I made that decision, it's cut over. My kids could be eating cake, brownies could be eating this and that. It doesn't affect me. And that's intent decision. That's same with Mike. Mike is one of the best people in the world. Once he makes a decision, it doesn't matter. He always says, oh, we're going to go cheat this, that. Mike made a decision. There's no breaking, okay? There's nothing. And that's, I think, what parlays to a good business person, to a good father, to a good parent, to a good anything with that 100% rock solid blinders on. You've made the decision, the mentality, you have the intent, and you're not going to waver. So many people, I think, in this in the society and stuff waver, okay? And they go back and forth, and they let that little devil, and then they parlay back and forth, and mm -hmm. they try to give themselves excuses and shortchange. That's how I think we end up in society with where a lot of the people we are, so... Yeah, you, you end up not having a choice because you're like, this is what I decided to do, and this is how th I'm going to do it this way. Almost like treating it like a job. Like you don't really have a choice to show up, you know, 15 minutes late to work every single day, 100%. right? Like it wouldn't make sense. After a while, like your luck would run out with that. But again, just going back and not getting into another ramp, one of my biggest things, pet peeve, is being late, right, for someone. So for me, if you're on time, you're late, okay? And that, again, though, tells me how you care about like priorities and different things, right? So when you say, hey, how do you get up in the morning? Well, I have my alarms. I post a lot of times. I have 3.15, 3.30, and 3.42. I'll never make it before three. Like, it'll never go off before three o'clock. 2.48, 2.45, I'd be sound asleep. Don't have a clue. Like this morning, the alarm didn't go off, okay? I woke up at whatever time it was, 3.13. Gotta go up. Gotta yeah. go to the gym. Yeah. But it's also like, it's to me, I feel excited. Yeah, and that's okay? a different time zone too, right? Yeah, so whatever time it was. But I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think like, to me, there's too much 
people allowing themselves the opportunity to fail. Yeah. So if you have intent, you have a solid mind, you've worked on yourself, then there's no excuses. There's no questions, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's never anyone like you're the only person that's limiting your belief. Okay. Limiting what you can do, limiting the choices you make. And so many people are looking for like that article by Planet Fitness on the pat in the back. Hey, you're okay. Society accepts you. Screw that. Like I don't know. I think the only way you're gonna be great at anything is to have a lot of practice at it. So when you have a lot of practice, you're probably not going to have a lot of balance. You, uh, you know, you might have to go to like a, a camp, you know, like you see the, the fighters do it all the time. They go to camp and they're gone for six weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks. And then how many times a year do they have to do that? You know, they got to kind of kiss their family goodbye, like literally and figuratively. And then they have to go and they got to work their face off. And I think when it comes to business or when it comes to anything else, the same thing, it's going to take a lot of practice. You know, you don't just start a food company and start randomly shipping stuff out. Somebody has one bad experience with your food. Like if I, if I got food that was like spoiled, which I've had happen before, not with icon meals, but with other companies, you're out, dude. Like you're, Mm -hmm. that's different than having like, that's different than like buying a watch and it like breaks or, or buying shoes and like the shoelace bust or something like that. That's way different when you have food that like goes, that's a totally different category. Right. So you got to make sure you're really on point with stuff. And the only way to be on point with anything is probably to be a little bit out of balance for certain periods of time. And I think if you can recognize as a younger person, if you recognize there's a time and place for everything, there's a time and place to like live in a crappy apartment. There's a time and place to have a shitty car. There's a time and place to kind of like be up against it and, and to be frustrated. And I'm sure you've been so frustrated with your business for where it brings you to tears. You're like, I just can't, how the hell do I figure this out? I need to figure this out. Eventually, with enough practice, you'll get over the hump. But there's going to be times where your wife looks at you, your girlfriend looks at you, and it's like, "What are you doing?" Like, you know, I listen. I'm work. I need to get over this. Let me just. Let me. Am I am I working way too hard? Do I need to be home more? Because I can figure so, that out too. But like, I need to get over this hump first, and then let me uh, kind of. I think that's awesome. Put more time on you. you know? Like Andy, hundred percent supportive and stuff for you, right? I think that's key to kinda. me. Kind of, kind of. Well, <laughs> no, she is. She's amazing. For, for that. me, that's been like I've been married. We talked about coming up twenty one years, right? Twenty five years together. But that's key. So I'll give you examples. So Layer Tech, we sold Layer Tech, and um, when I started Layer Tech, we had no money. We were just found out through a pregnant, had a baby, right, and stuff. And then we sell Layer Tech and we find out that we're having another baby 15 years later, right? And I tell Deb, hey, I just got out of this and I'm going to start another startup. And she's like, looks at me, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> she's like, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, we had no money, we have a baby, and now you're, why can't you just go take a job and stuff? But that's not me. So here, just your perfect point, okay? So we've been living in this house for 10 years. To start, to start Icon, sold a million dollar house, Moved my family now of five into a four bedroom condo. Okay, got my wife that has been comfortable in a 6,500 square foot apartment, uh, a house for 10 years, right? And moved into a four bedroom condo. Took three storage units and put all our shit in storage and took all that money and started Icon. And that partner had to trust me, right? Was that in balance? That's no friggin' balance, okay? <laughs> But I had the buy-in and the support in different things. And I think I'll add one more thing. Like one of the key things over the past, I'll call it really four years for me, is if you can't believe in yourself and you can't, what we're talking about, make yourself do those things, invest in a coach. And I don't mean a coach just in first fitness, right? I have mentors and I have coaches that I work with and I invest in, I pay money to, right? For these guys on a weekly basis, okay? And that's a business coach. That's a, a guy that 
has helped me expand my vision in different things. When I talked about like the law of the lid and stuff and really doing different things and then surrounding yourself with those people. If, if your fitness is somewhere is, is failing, right? Don't just take a self-purported a $29 grew. If you're going to be, want to be successful in any area, you got to have those coaches, right? And all the top people, okay. That are making millions of dollars, have the fitness and stuff like O'Hearn. He's not going to go talking about this, but there's a lot of people involved in different areas in his life. Right. And I think those are key areas that you have to invest back in yourself. So if it's diet, if it's fitness, if it's business, if it's financial, right. Again, I'm never going to have anyone that's coaching me or, or that has not been them in themselves successful in that realm, right? Like, hey, the diet guy or the finance guy, or whatever. So again, that's just building that network up. And I think you can get a combination of, but again, you have to not be afraid to go invest in yourself. You know, you talk, obviously we're talking about a lot of personal development here and there's probably maybe a lot of young men and women that are listening and maybe they want to get themselves around high performance coaches, et cetera, but they can't afford that. And you've also mentioned a lot of like books you've read, mm-hmm. right? What are maybe some like top three books you've, you know, that have helped you in terms of learning a few things in terms of leadership or principles that you'd recommend people get there? Yeah, so there's on. a ton of different books. If people, a lot of people heard John Maxwell's name, right? And he's like a ton of leadership books. So there's a ton of different books that you can go and start from him. Yeah, and I mm-hmm. actually went to uh, one of his like leadership summits and yes, it's not cheap, but it's worth every penny. Like, I think the seats that I had were probably like 3,500 bucks. You can get away with going to one of those, I think for like 1500 bucks. It's like a three day event. The next one's in Miami and yeah, John Maxwell's, I get trained by him. It'll pay you back hundred percent a million times over. So, yeah. So there's a lot of different guys and gals out there, but again, it's, understanding what you want, right? Like if you need leadership, okay, if you're in that role, if you're starting up in an entrepreneurial environment, there's a lot of different business coaches that can help you if you need scale or branding. And it doesn't have to be super, super uber expensive and stuff, right? But there's there's different things, I think, um, and it's a constant evolution. It's not, hey, you go once and you're done, yeah. okay? And that's what I think some people fail at, right? Because they think, oh, they're, they're ready now to tackle the world, but it's gotta be self and continued, and because look, as you're growing, I'm sure you can experience this as well. You said, Hey, before I worked at 24 hour fitness and stuff, it's a constant evolution and growing as yourself as a person year over year, but also at different stages in your life. So there's different coaches that I think add value in different realms in your life um, over that period of time. Yeah. And maybe it's like you need coaching on, on something for your business. Maybe it's social media, right? Social media mastery. Maybe it's like different things like on email and stuff. If you were saying, Hey, who's the number one person probably that I know if I wanted to grow my email list and build a huge following, like, I don't know if you know who Joel Marion is, right? Owns Biotrust and stuff, but Joel's like the goat in that area, right? If you wanted to say, Hey, who's the person for number one in the world, if I'm building a business and I need affiliate help, right? You got Dan Fleischman. Dan Fleischman is the, like, he is the, I'll call it the goat in that, like Ty Lopez and those guys, he all mm. works with, okay, and built that, but so humbled individual that behind the scenes, no one ever sees him, right? Or, or Lo Silver from SVG Media, who's another one, right? Like a lot of these guys that have built these huge, brand personalities that are you'd come to know I won't name names to tell who they are but like if there's so there's different areas you have to understand it's not just one coach or one style of I think um education really does different things and people learn differently right so anytime that I put a group together I try to make sure that I have some people are going to learn by like video and in different ways but um there's a lot of I think things yeah I like what you're saying because like as you go through the personal development process you might listen to somebody and like turn them off pretty quickly. You might get their book, even if it's like an audio book and start to listen to it, doesn't vibe with you. Or even if you're reading it, you're just like, ah, it's just, it's not hitting you uh, the right way because 
you're just not prepared for that information. Maybe you haven't made the leap to start a new business yet. And so then therefore some of the information that they're sharing doesn't even pertain to you because maybe a lot of the information in the book, it could be an amazing book, but the book could be about like leadership in like an office. And you're like, I don't even have an office yet. Mm -hmm. So I like what you said there because I think that it kind of depends on where you're at and then what you would be kind of in, in search of, like you don't need some, uh, some guru for an email list. Uh, if you haven't started anything quite yet, you're going to need something different. Yeah. And I think it goes back to a combination of like, uh, I've tried to listen to a lot of different podcasts. And again, just because one individual, I might not go through all his podcasts because they're not relevant to me. Okay. But I have certain podcasts that I believe that I like the style and the messaging and what, um, I derive from that. So I have some business people, I have some mindset people again to me, um, on one of my things that every year I'll go through is like how many books read. And it's not just him going through the books because if I get into a bookmark and it's not what I want, I'm not just going to say, Hey, it's, I'm I'm finishing this book because it's number 19 on my list of 30 this year. Right. I'm going to change it and go to something else. So, but again, I do a lot of audiobooks and people say, hey, audiobooks are cheating. Well, look, I do read every day, right? But audiobooks for me are convenient things. So I try to like, I'll train and stuff. And if I'm doing cardio and I'm doing 30, 45 minutes cardio, I'm getting 30, 45 minutes. But I also have an hour drive now. So hour drive is I'm filling my mind with podcasts or audiobook. So mm-hmm. um, I'm typically going to be like, I think probably 30-ish books a year sort of deal. And those are actually reading books. Um, but again, when I'm, it, it helps my mind wind down. So I'm in a habit ritual, call it before I go to bed. I'll read sometimes in the morning, not every day, but um, typically in the weekends, I'm not, I probably still will go at four o'clock or whatever just because I wake up, but I'll come back home, sit on the couch, outside by the pool, whatever, and I'll, I'll read. And it just, it helps my mind to unwind. And I've just got different things that I've tried. Like for me, it's important. I wake up in the morning, my gratitude, blah, 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 blah. But then I'll also try not try because it's hard for me not to touch my phone for that first 30 to 60 minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's because what happens is there, if I'm going in and I'm driving 20 minutes, 30 minutes to the gym and I'm, I get this email that just it pisses me you. off. It yeah. sets me okay yeah. crazy. So I've learned that. And that's like from Andy Forselli and a couple of other people that just different principles. And again, not necessarily everything that that individual or someone else has said, but I take different pieces and I implement them into my life if they work for me. Right. And again, I don't just say, Hey, I did it once and it doesn't work. I got to give myself that opportunity to yeah. make it work. And I think a lot of people don't do that. A while back I was helping Andy Priscilla yep. drop some weight and stuff like that. And, you know, I was texting him information back and forth and I was kind of like, you know, uh, kind of ask him like, like, what are you doing right now? And he was like, I'm in the gym. I'm like, okay, well, even though I know that I'm texting you and I'm trying to help coach you through this, we need to figure out a way to get your phone away from you. Um, I said, maybe you want to buy like an iPod or something or something that uh, doesn't have like yeah. a Wi-Fi or something or, or put it in airplane mode and listen to music or something because as he was saying, he listens to music. So I was like, well, you got to figure out a way because you can't have business going on while you're trying to train. It just won't work. Something will happen and it will piss you off. It will throw you in the wrong, 100%. throw you in the wrong uh, kind of frame of mind. On this kind of topic of mindset and leadership, because I think everyone can grow from that. What are some good books that, that you've gotten into that you really like or some good coaches <laughs> I out there? need to grab that phone. <laughs> I got all my list in there. So, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'm drawing blanks after training yeah. with you. So. Well, because I know, I know, um, you know, I, I, like I, that's what I really loved about the summit that I went to. Yep. It was all uh, leadership based. And so it didn't matter who got up and talked and really what they talked about. It still 
it still landed on me really well, regardless of, you know, the fact that these people had companies that were so different than anything that we have. So like just for me, so this is what I got going on right now. I typically have two on a time, but like one of the ones that I'm reading is Trillion Dollar Coach. You so, listen to two books at the same time. That's how this guy gets so I, much I work. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't listen to two books at the same time. I'm He's like have, picking up both of them somehow. Like one to the left, one yeah, to the right. right no, I'm going to have up. two going as far as one reading and one audio, right? But okay. like the Trillion Dollar Coach. Okay. So that's the latest one I just started. So I'm about two and a half hours into that audio book. And that's the guy that basically um, coached like all the the Google founders and a lot of those guys. So a lot of the presidents and stuff use the personal business coach. So again, taking that and that's more business related, right? The other one that's really, really, really been key to me is, I don't know if you know, um, his name's Todd Harmon. It's called the alter ego effect, okay? And for me, I have this, I won't call it problem, but it's a challenge. It is a problem for me, challenge. And it was an internal challenge that I want to overcome, not necessarily a problem, right? And my personal mentor is a, a gentleman by the name of John Cheplak. Mike had him on a few times. He's a, a friend of Mike. Oh, yeah, I've seen him on there. So John Cheplak personally coaches me. He coaches a lot of people. I coach with him once a week and a half for a few years. It's one of the biggest things that's benefited my business, right? I've had him speak at my masterminds and stuff, but he introduced me to this thing. And for me, I've been successful. I'll call it in fitness, right? I can get no problems down 4%, whatever. It's just a mindset thing. I can, I had some problems if I wanted to put on weight, but I think I've overcome that. But in business, it's like, I've made money and stuff, but it's like, why can't I do the same thing on business? Because to me, and Andy talked about this for Sally, you might remember this, Mark. If you've been successful in one thing in life, you can be successful at all things, right? But something is holding me back. I'm, I'm, and it comes down to me being too nice in business, pretty much, right? Like I'm the guy that like, accepts and different things but so i've been working on after this book like he introduced me to it um john cheplick did the alter ego and it's really like and so many people if you read this book in life like all the big guys like all business nba nfl have this alter ego okay and talks about like people going to the nfl field but they're the nicest person but they're going to absolutely kill everyone on the field right and it's flipping a switch and whether that's like if I'm speaking at an engagement, maybe I'm wearing my glasses or something, right? But I have this, I'll call it almost building, like I've had to work on this alter ego, but I know I've always had it because growing up playing hockey, I'm a nice guy, I'm pretty flexible, but like when it's time to go, it's time to go. And that would be for me, it was like black and white. So I love physical contact and hockey, right? Smashing, I love the fight and different things, but it was like two different people. And he's been able to pull that sort of mentality out of me. It's the same thing with Jim. I can like say a couple things and I'll drive through those reps or I'll do that. It's not going to be like, Hey, if it's close to 500 pounds on the bench, I could, I mean, on, on deadlift, right. I would love to push 500 pounds like you, but on the ground, it's going to come off, but it's like, I could give myself excuses, but if I can flip that switch, like, and that's what I've learned a lot on that alter ego. So that I would say is a great, great book. If no one's uh, read that or you wanted to, because everyone has this alter ego. And once you nail that alter ego, it even talks about like Spider-Man, Clark Kent, like all that stuff. They're all alter egos, right? It kind of reminds me of uh, like really good coaches that I've had. I remember, you know, when I was boxing and then also uh, even just playing like high school football. I remember like even my coach, who was like 65 years old. You know, he'd get pissed off at somebody and he'd be like, that's not the way you come off the line. He's like, what, you know, what the fuck are you doing? And he'd get mad and he'd, you know, like it was a long time ago. So you can kind of do and say whatever you want. <laughs> he'd smash a clipboard over someone's helmet or whatever. You know, he's, <laughs> he was just like raging, right? But he'd be like, this is how you do it. And he gets down in his stance. And when he got up and out of his stance and he hit you, this guy weighed 170, 65 years old. And you're like, 
holy shit, this is a violent individual. Mm. Meanwhile, he's sitting there talking about God and he's sitting yeah. there, you know, uh, being a great mentor and talking about loving each other and and uh, how the other team isn't going to beat us because we care about each other so much. And that's the way we're going to win. Like, And you're like, that's the same dude who just like ripped the other guy's head off, you know, because he didn't make the right block or whatever. Like if you read that book and stuff, you're going to hear like some of the biggest speakers <laughs> in the world, right? Like have this alter ego before they go on stage. And I think even like I've heard Andy and a couple other people just tell different things like that. But that's a great book. Like there's other ones, depending on what you want, right? I've got a bunch of books on habits. So The Atomic Habit by James Clear. Okay, there's another one that's probably some of you guys have read, probably called The Four Agreements. And it's way, way back. Like it's uh, uh, Miguel Ruiz, but it's an older book. But yeah. it's a four agreements you can take and pretty much um, implement into any area of your life. But you read that, it's a different um, mindset understanding. Um, there's a bunch of them like I like even Aubrey Marcus from On It, right? Own the Day. That's a great book. I read that a long time ago. I've read that twice now um, so far this year. I've got like crap loads of books that I've read. So H3 Leadership Principles. It just depends what you're wanting, yeah. right? So right now I'm reading like the Nike book, okay? Like um, Shoe Dog. Mm -hmm. And even though that's so old and stuff, my wife bought it for me. So I've been reading that out by the pool and stuff. Um, again, just uh, I like taking different things. I, I like a lot of, uh, I'll call it true story, like like fiction, right? Like to me, my mind on all the stuff that's not true and stuff, whatever. Like, um, so f for me, that's a lot of them. I also like a ton of Grant Cardone stuff way back, right on the sales trainings and different. I just love his grind and like hustle and just yeah. that mindset right and again he's one of those guys oh why the people say why are you so harsh why are you like so he knows what he wants he's driven right and that to me is a character trait that i'd love to have in every single employee that i have i'd love to have my my kids and stuff that way right i don't like the rest of the world is taking it a different way because they're never going to be where he is going to be right grant cardone has some really fun uh he's got some fun things that he's done, you know, like he, he'll send out like an email blast and uh, he had like one that would go out weekly and then the people would report back and they're like, yeah, you know, when we're doing it monthly, we didn't hear any complaints, but now that we're doing a weekly, we're starting to hear more complaints. He goes, you know what? Let's double it. Yeah. You know, and he's like, let's triple it. He's like, let's do it every day. He's like, yeah. fuck them. Yeah. He's like, let's see what happens. And like, it just, people started getting used to yeah. it and people started responding to it. There would be some people who like, I'm on following it. But what happened was, you know, let's just say you have 100,000 people on an email list. Well, maybe it shrinks down to 70,000, maybe even it shrinks down to be half. But what if the half is more responsive to the email, the email blasting, you yeah. know, what, and what if they're receptive right. to it because they really do uh, enjoy what you're selling. They do enjoy, really enjoy the product. So then it's not such a hassle to them. They don't mind being blasted with it because they like yeah. what you have to say. There's one, like if you want, if you can't inspire yourself and you can't be motivated by yourself, right? Like like Grant's got lots of good books. Like I read this earlier this year, how to get and stay motivated, right? So there's different, again, principles. If you're having money problems, okay, you want to understand your finances more, like there's, you're a badass at making money and mastery, okay, by, um, I forget her name, Jen, whatever, but mm -hmm. that's, it's a bright green cover. And um, again, just taking different principles that can apply to you, right? It's not necessarily saying, hey, how to save your pennies and stuff, but different mindset things on your personal finances. Because a lot of the time, a lot of people aren't successful in finance. It has nothing to do with they can't save and stuff. It's their mind, right? They don't believe they're worth it, or they don't believe they should be paying themselves first, or they don't believe this or that. And it's like some kind of... Uh, I'll call it even from their childhood, how their, their parents maybe dealt with money, right? But I've had to learn a lot of that. And that's one thing that's um, a, a lot different for me as I like, growing up. But a lot of my mentorship on the firm, my partner that was a billionaire changed a lot of those things for me as well. So yeah. um, there's like, I got tons. Yeah, tons I've read probably yeah. 40, like the 10X rule. If you don't take any other book from Grant Cardone, read the 10X rule. Mm -hmm. To 10X your life in every single aspect, if you implement some of those things and some people say, oh, this is crazy, try it, okay? Because again, it's a mindset thing, right? If you 10X your mindset, maybe you don't 
achieve that, but you've got eight and a half times, right? Or whatever. So well, most people we admire, we kind of do shake our head and be like, that dude's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's usually what we end up saying. Like when the person walks away, yeah. like that, that guy's crazy, man. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about him, but he's nuts. Jason Kalipa, like he's yeah. a nutcase, right? Yeah. We love him. He, he's a good friend of mine, but yeah, he operates at a high level. One of the other key, key books before I'll just, I'll stop with this is like, if you haven't read any other book, I'd take uh, Tim Grover, Relentless. I don't know if you know who he is. I haven't heard so, of him. Yeah, Tim Grover is uh, Michael, the guy used to train Michael Jordan. Michael so, Jordan, Kobe Bryant. He's we're going to have him on the podcast too. We're actually going to. He's go a out, killer. We're actually going to go out to him. Yeah, he's he's a beast. You need to read read it on this. It is mm-hmm. Tim Grover. He's absolutely an incredible individual. But also, got to go to Chicago. Yeah. So again, those are there's a ton of books, but like just again taking different principles, what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And there's lots of people that publish different things. I've read a ton of Gary V. Okay, David Goggins from a mindset. Yeah, David Goggins is a killer. Like game over. Yeah, it's the first time I ever have to tell you we were a couple of years ago and we were going to a road trip, a bunch of guys to go snowboarding, and these guys were all big real estate dudes and making millions of dollars. And then David Goggins playing is one of his books, right? It was um, um, living with a seal, one of the first ones. Yeah, and we were up in uh, in um. Pagosa Springs, soaked by Wolf Creek. And they're like, oh, and he talked about like this cold water plunge. I'm like, friggin', we're at Pagosa Springs, 106, 107, but there's a trail down. And it's a lake. And the first friggin' thing was 25 degrees where there's a friggin' hole in the ice and you go, and it's because of David Goggins. But again, <laughs> his books from a mindset standpoint, I love the guy because there's no excuses, right? He's a no bullshit guy that has beat the crap out of his body, but it shows you what your mind is capable of doing. Your body's going to go through, right? Mm-hmm. And if he can do it, there's no reason why you can't do it. It goes back to like, I've become pretty good friends with a couple of Navy SEALs and stuff. And those guys are just off the rocker, right? Yeah. Like I've met a lot of them through, through Bedros and through Mike and stuff. And I love their friggin' mentality, right? It's absolutely yeah, a we gotta different mindset. Yeah, we got to get Bedros on the podcast. You I do. Know we, we've been chatting back and forth for a little while. We're going to have him uh, sometime in the summer. We just haven't locked anything in quite yet. So maybe you can help us. Yeah, I'll be uh, actually with him in another couple of weeks up there. Oh, so. cool. You help us lock that in. Because I know that uh, Andrew's wife uh, or fiance follows uh, – the boot camp stuff that he does. And yeah, they got a crazy boot camp coming up. They got one that's, I don't know if I should be mentioning it, so, <laughs> but it's actually got uh, quite a few, it's some Navy SEALs and it's actually like a hell week boot camp. Oh snap. It's uh nice. sold out. It's only, I think 14 individuals, but um, <clears throat> it's something that's, it would be life changing for those 14 individuals. Yeah. So also if no one's there, like if everyone, we talked about like mindset and we talked about uh, mentorship and stuff, like he's got a great, him and Craig Ballantyne, um, they own the empire mastermind. If you're not subscribed to their Empire podcast, you'll learn every single day, every single episode um, from those guys. That's but, a great podcast. I've listened to it before. Yeah. And if someone's looking to so something that will change their business, they have in August, they have what they call the uh, Empire Business Summit. And it's in San Diego for two days. But again, some of the top, top guys, the people that I mentioned as far as like Dan Fleischman, Lof Silva, they've got different Navy SEALs training. They've got Bedros and Craig. Um, I'd encourage people to take a look at that. It's... Um, probably almost full day, but I think it's August 15th and 16th or 16th and 17th in San Diego. And again, just, you'll, you'll take away so much more. Well, you have your own podcast where you're um, interviewing uh, dads and talking about yeah. like, uh, you're talking to a lot of high level people, but you're not really talking about business, but you're talking about what Andrew mentioned earlier about balance, right? Yep. About balance. That's what I think a lot of people are trying to figure that out more so than they are thinking about putting points up on the scoreboard for business, you know? Yeah, we started, um, so again, a passion project for me and people are like, why do you start it? Because it's what I'm passionate about, right? Like we started um, a website, the uh, DadBot Inc. And it, to me, I, I titled it The Business of Being a Dad. And I think it's the same as if you're in business anywhere, like Andy says, you don't want to freaking get a participation trophy. And I'm sort of sick and it, it saddens me almost to see like these dads with the, I'll call it, 
participation trophies, right? Mm -hmm. If so, from that standpoint, if you're, it's a business, you want to dominate, you want to be the best leader, you got to constantly improve and better yourself in order to have your people, whether that's employees, whether that's your kids, whatever. And we started a podcast called the Dad Bod Show, and just got two episodes up, um, just on iTunes. But we've got a fairly good lineup, a great lineup. And Mark, we want to get you on there. But the whole goal is there, talking about the not so glamorous underside of the business of being a dad, right? All, most of the people that we, we, all the people we have on there have been very successful in other realms of life, but they, a lot of them, it's not behind the scenes, right? I think a lot of those people have uh, characteristics and stuff that um, are, are great to be seen by the audience that maybe isn't even a dad, right? Whether you're a new father, you're some point in your life going to become a father or you're like me, spread it all over the place. I think um, maybe I'm not, I'm not the perfect dad, not the perfect parent, but I've got, I think a lot of experience. I've been 19 years now, right? All different stages and I'm back in the rabbit hole. And um, to me, I think I've had to work a lot on myself. So I think I can contribute a lot back, but what I want to give is we're, we're providing a lot of free content. So you'll have like, yeah, fitness stuff, workout mindset, but it's not just to me fitness, right? It's your mind, body, spiritual. Okay. It's there's, there's different finance things that have to change. You can't be selfish when you're a dad, right? I had, you know, this like we talked about kids driving and stuff, but my son, junior hockey, I say, holy crap, finally this year, knock on wood, he was off. He's off payroll, ready to get drafted. But <laughs> for 10 years, more than that, you're talking about almost sometimes up to six figures, right? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of different. If you want to say, oh, well, shit, why don't you have a shiny car and stuff? Well, I got priorities, right? I got things that I'm, I'm not selfish about and stuff. And um, so I think we're just trying to give back a lot of content. We have uh, new blog content going up every couple of days. We actually just had a, we did a, it was pretty cool. We got into muscle and fitness. So for Father's Day, it was the July edition. It's out there. It's the one with Bruce Lee on it. So um, we got two pages in oh, there. Yeah, we have it here. Yeah. And uh, from that standpoint, they did a dad bod thing. Oh, it's great. Workout. But you'll see a lot more coming out um, as far as some other publications, both in Canada, abroad and different things. Um, Bodybuilding.com just put out a new series as well, which, um, is coming with the dad bod. So we have a lot of content. We did the, in here um, with Muscle and Fitness, there's actually a, a contest with Real, and their product is they eat essential amino acids. And so we did a Real Dad contest for Father's Day. So you had to upload a picture with your, your son, daughter, et cetera. Moms could do it as well. And then they did a drawing for your product and some other things. But um, it's just to build awareness. And I think to, in a community, we can help and give back more than individually. And it's all different. Hey, Dad Bod's not supposed to be like just, hey, ripped six pack and stuff. That's what you choose. And I'll call it different areas of where you're comfortable with. But mm -hmm. um, there's also, I think, a lot of education that we're going to do through there. And um, we'll have a lot of articles. We just published one that's coming out for like, how do you engage to, um, I'll call it athleticism, right? And stay motivated in your kids' lives. Well, you got to understand, hey, some kids aren't going to respond and they're not the ones that want to be in the team sports and stuff. So there's different content that can be given back and can hopefully be implemented at different stages in people's lives. Our goal is to longer term do uh, a few physical camps as well, actually together in different cities and have a lot of big individuals that want to participate and give back into different elements of content, not just fitness. And uh, we got challenges and some other things. There'll be diet stuff on there. Um, there's a lot of different things, but again, just building up the, po the podcast is one big thing that we'll be dropping one episode a week, um, week over week. And then you have an Icon Meals podcast as well? You're yes, still the, doing that? Yeah, Icon Meals podcast. We're just trying to hire oh, a, wow. okay. a few more people but on that we are talking about more we've been talking about more with the our athletes and partners really about the implementation of um how the nutrition and stuff in their life and what right. how they've done um some tips and feedbacks what that's going to transition into more is some of the stuff we talked about at the start more in regards to the back end so we're going to open it up and we're going to actually do a live hour feed once a week into our kitchen so the good bad the ugly you got a live feed everyone can hit it they can see everything going on oh, in the kitchen cool. um 
and then more edu- I got to see all that and that was remarkable. Well, you haven't seen the new place. You haven't oh, seen cool. the, the new place is four and a half times yeah. as big. So Oh wow. Um but that was hell of an operation though. You had you know, the cooks were the kind of like kitchen area and then you had like a prep area and it was all like immaculate and it was all like you know, it was it was organized and clean the way that you'd want it to be. You know, it was awesome. It was really cool. Yeah, so we're gonna transition that to more hopefully educational content. A really- lot of shit figured out too, those uh <laughs> those um, insulated containers and stuff like looks like a giant pain in the ass to figure all that out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's been interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. well, did you, well, did your dad have a big effect on you in terms of like what you've been able to do in terms of being a father and the yeah. dad bodying thing that you're doing now? Yeah, I think I've taken things from my dad, and then also like um, my dad did a lot for me growing up, and I've taken a lot of those things. Right, as far yeah. as I think one of the things like he's very um, focused on the business and stuff, so I'll take different aspects of that where I've tried to take some more I'll call it things that not necessarily that I missed but what I want to be more involved in every aspect of my, my kids life and priority wise okay um, and then I've taken things from like I said my one of my mentors was Bob Neon before right yeah so he's like my second dad so growing up a, a lot of different things and Bob was he the billionaire guy yeah okay so and I had him in, in my life and he was involved with a little bit um, both kids early on but yeah I've learned a ton from my dad taking a, a ton of different things um, Again, he's 100% been the one that's been over supportive of whatever we wanted to do in our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, again, that mindset of making the place better based on what he can contribute back. Got it. And there's something you mentioned um, when you, I don't know how long you were at 250, you lost that weight and then you had to somehow gain that weight back. Did you have any issues trying to build because you you used to be so big? Did you have any issues trying to? Yeah. So in this picture there, I was probably like, I was, in probably 240 or whatever and again i thought working out was working out right and i thought mm-hmm. anything put in my mouth was macros and stuff so the 230s to 250s was sort of i'll call it probably 17 to, to 19 ish area okay. um, 19 was when i got sick and i went down like closer to right at 200 and then building back up i never really put i say a ton of fat back on but i also would I adapted a lot of different things like in this transformation that's 20 years Okay. Oh, wow. So okay. that's going from there to there. Like this is, Damn. that was a, a, a month ago or whatever, right? Yeah. A couple months ago. That's at Mike's place actually in, in LA. But that, I was that weight on the left for a long time. And I thought, hey, that was like, I was bench pressing and doing all my stuff. But mm-hmm. again, not focused on diet, not focused on, I didn't understand, right? A lot yeah. of people are built like that. Like on, uh, you are on the left there just from like, yeah, they're training, they're taking the supplements, they're doing a lot of things, but they just don't have the But education. here's what I just want to mention on that piece. To me, I wasn't necessarily 100% healthy. Right. Right. Okay. I had higher blood pressure, had different things. But again, the food that I was putting in my body was affecting me differently. So higher insulin, like insulin resistance, different things. Right. And I think a lot of people don't understand when they say, hey, a carb, a carb, a carb is not a carb, just a carb. Right. So (laughs) and I think a lot of it goes back to the shit we eat in in just society today where it's processed. Right. Mm -hmm. And that has different effects on your body. So looking at that, some people say, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Great. I have nothing wrong with that. If you are personally one healthy. Okay and too happy, right? And I think so many people like me there, I was probably like, okay, I'm happy, but if you read what I post and stuff, like my posts are, hey, I'm still looking at all these guys in muscle and fitness, right? And I'm all looking at these guys in muscular development thinking, man, they must have good genes of this. And yeah. I think a lot of people just think they're never gonna do that because they can't believe in themselves and they don't have a path to do it. And then two, once they do see the path, they don't have the drive and the friggin' desire to go after it. Mm-hmm. The picture on the right, are you healthy and happy? Yeah, so like I said, blood panels, for me, it's just a part of my normal maintenance, right? And that's mm-hmm. 
just to make sure, like, I'm talking everything from, like, thyroid to blah, 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 blah. I just actually... You're not far off. I mean, you're you're lean year-round pretty much, but you, yeah. you look a little thicker. You look like you have more, like, uh, maybe more mass on you than last time I saw you, but... That was just dieted That wouldn't take you... Bit. That wouldn't take... How long would that take you to get like that? Three weeks? Yeah, give me two weeks. All it is is yeah, really, for me, right. it's, I add a little bit of cardio in, and then a stricter on the diet, like, I'll pull my fats in and stuff. But again... Yeah. But at this, at this level that you're at right here... Mm-hmm. Does this feel a little bit better? Like, is this a little bit more manageable, I guess? So that to me, like, Mark, if I, like, right this morning and stuff, yesterday, three and a half, three plus gallons of water and stuff. So I'm shooting this Sunday, right? I see. I'll be down to that on Sunday where I'll start pulling my water in a little bit. Like, I'm not eating. So it is manageable because you're basically there. To me, though, it's lifestyle. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to walk around. Like, I got, I don't know what, this is uh, four weeks ago. So... Three weeks ago, I was in Toronto. It was May 1st. I had Bedro speaking on stage. It was with David Moore. I don't know if you know David, cover, model, and stuff, diametize, all that stuff. But um, we went on stage, and they had that, what do you call it, the fat thing that measures your fat and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So Fat caliper. What, yeah. So mine came in at 6.6. I was 217 or 218 pounds. I was dieted down. And, and that's like probably 6.6. So they're like, oh, you're not three. Well, it's not. It's where you hold your fat, right, guy? Okay. So and the, it depends on where they pinch and everything. And well, it's it's that damn thing that you hold. So oh, when oh, you do a DEXA oh, scan. electronic impedance. Yeah. Okay. So like on my DEXA, I'll do a DEXA once every six months, and that covers my bone density and fat. But my, my body fat's typically 6 to 8% is where I'm going to fluctuate up and down. But I can make 6% look like 3%, right? It's mm-hmm. not, It's just depending on where you, you hold it and stuff. But For you, you're pretty lean through your stomach. Yeah, so right. I have zero, like my visceral fat was 0.33. So when I get my visceral fat done on DEXA, but where I hold it is in my hips and my butt, but you can't, like I can't, I wouldn't say, hey, yeah. I'm holding it there, but that's where it shows that I hold it, right? Right. Yeah. So, and then it also measures uh, brain fat and stuff. So when you're doing that other one. Fat head. Yeah, <laughs> fat head. But over there, I'm probably 18, 20%. People say, and that's, I think, a uh, wrong measurement of what society puts it there. Hey, you're typically healthy if you're 20% or you're 18%. Mm-hmm. By whose standard? Okay, And I think standards have to change and evolve today because I think that's one thing where necessarily we might not have as a society evolved as much as far as like you go to a traditional doctor. Traditional doctor is going to tell you, hey, your test levels are great at 300 or whatever. And you're going, okay. But what people don't understand as well, it's like it's not just, hey, it's not people don't take TRT and different things for like growth and all this. Right. It's it's mental. As you grow older, okay, different things, right? And there's like people don't understand a lot of those different metrics on what necessarily I think healthy is. If you go to a general practitioner to like a thyroid or to a hormone doctor, you get three pages versus you get 23 pages and yeah. it's much more detailed and much more, I'll call it usable data. What's the company that you went for to get? Or is it, uh, was it a specific company you went for for that type of blood work? So I use a company called Smart Wellness Now and they're okay. in DFW. I actually met um, this individual. He works with a lot of the cowboys, a lot of the wrestlers, a lot of the bodybuilders. And he's one of the guys that has fixed um, a lot of the women bodybuilders and men that went, were all on all this gear, right? Yeah. And bringing them back to where they needed to be after they're done on the professional stage. So he's worked with like, I won't name names, but like, Miss Olympia people, right? Like brought and good friends of mine, but brought them back over a three year period to get mm. them back to where they are. And for me, like I just did a cardiac, a full, um, like because Brandon Fulkin was with us and we were shooting with Per Burnell. And after that, Brandon had a heart attack. Oh, and Brandon's only 36 years old, right? But it's hereditary with him and stuff. So I was like, screw this. I'm going to get this full. So I did all that stuff, right? And people say, oh, it's expensive. Well, fuck. To me, 1200 bucks is nothing for what what you get back, right? Mm-hmm. To, to So I got all those back because I want to know if something's wrong. I don't want to just play it by the cards. I want to make sure what I'm doing. And I think that's the same thing as taking in your car. If you're driving a Ferrari, you're driving a Lamborghini, you're driving whatever friggin' supercar, Bugatti, right? 
you're gonna friggin you're not complain about ten thousand dollars in the oil change. You're not gonna complain about the seven thousand dollars per tire, right? You're gonna do the necessary things to do to make sure it runs optimally. And that's the same with you as you as your body. If not, you're shortchanging yourself. If not, go drive a fucking Kia. There's certain <laughs> tests that you can get done too that aren't expensive. Like you can get a, what's called a calcium score. Uh, it's like seventy five bucks. Yeah. But your doctor, like when you mention it, they're gonna like urge that you don't get it done because. I, I just think like they, they always want you to go the most expensive route, especially if you're a big, heavy guy, they're going to be like, Oh no, we need to check this, this, and this. And they're going to, you're going to see that your blood pressure is messed up. Your cholesterol, they want to prescribe you medication. They want you to take the long route. See, they want to charge you a fucking ton of money. That's 75 the, bucks to get a calcium What's with score. The, the hormone doctor, like any of those smart and the wellness clinics, right? They're not going to try to put you on prescriptions and all that stuff, right? It's like, and it's not expensive. My blood work once every quarter is 160 bucks. Okay. And I get that done. You can go into any, uh, there's a lot of labs around that'll just do it. But the reason I go to a doctor is because I sit down and have a consultation. I've got a relationship with him. He knows, right? I want someone that, like we talked about, hey, guru diets and this and that. I've been with an individual now over four and a half years. He knows what my body is, right? He knows so he can see things. Well, hey, why is this up and that up? And some normal doctor might say, hey, like my liver enzymes are always this and that, right? I don't drink, okay? I don't take any drugs, right? So, but it, again, it goes back to different training styles and what is not in a normal range for someone who trains a certain way and versus how their diet is, is, is what yours is. But if you didn't have someone that's bettering in his own practice and learning and stuff, right, and can tell you different things, you're not going to get that kind of feedback to help you optimally continue and, and be better and grow. Do you uh, stop working out before you get blood work done? So typically there's two types of panels you'll do. One, every other time I do them back and forth. So I'll do a fasted panel, 100%. And then he'll have me eat and stuff, but I won't train before I'll go to do a, a panel. Typically, I'll get my panels done at 6 to 8 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't train that day. Um, like I wouldn't take pre-work. I wouldn't take anything like that before. Yeah, that's why I didn't partake in this morning's training because I'm getting my blood work tomorrow. Yeah. So. Yeah, so you take like any days off uh, of your training typically or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> but here's what happens to me. So what about uh, what about your sleep? So you mentioned yeah. you get five or six hours of sleep. So I'll is that is that every day they get five or six hours of sleep? I'll and say, do you get any naps at all? I'll say typically probably five to seven hours a day, right? So if I count, let's say I'm in bed with him at eight o'clock, eight to eight thirty, eight to nine, nine to ten. Okay, wake up maybe. So let's say eleven to twelve, twelve to one, one till two, two till three. That's six hours every day. Okay, and people say, oh, how do you, well that's because eight o'clock, right? Mm -hmm. And then. Sometimes on the weekends, you probably experienced this, but I might go where I've gone, 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 and all of a sudden I just hit a brick wall. Like it's like shit. I'm like can't yeah, get it a bed. It's okay, or your body just tells you, hey, yeah. you're being an idiot. You should stay <laughs> yeah. in bed. And that's uh, that's me being stubborn, right? Right. But it's again, I don't have a lot of I call it vices and different things. And if that's my one of my worst vices, then I'll take it. Okay. Right. And it's also like we mentioned earlier, it helps me put in to get into my place. And if that's my the price I pay. And mm -hmm. look, the doctors, like I told you, say, hey, everything's good. Just we got to look at how you can work harder in a shorter period of, of time, right? Because it, you're fighting that father time thing. But again, that's what I love. So it is uh, it is one thing that I need to work on. But um, me and Mike always joke about it because he's like day off. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, Mike doesn't really, I mean, he does those early morning workouts. But I think one thing that people don't understand or don't see is that a lot of the training sessions also happen at 6 a.m. or 6.30. Like, it depends on what he's doing. Sometimes you're doing, like, a shoulder workout with him. He'll call for it to be a little bit later in the day. Yeah. If he's flying back from somewhere, I experienced that a few times with him. He'll never train on days that he travels, typically. Right. The other thing that people don't understand is in Mike's life, it works for him, right? So things smart. That, makes sense. So if you, like, when I stay with Mike, right, like, I'll joke around saying, 
hey, I'll be back. He's like, what time are you coming home? It's like checking in on me. I'm like, I'll be out here after 6.45. Okay, the door will be open. It's 6.45 at night. He's like up in bed, right? It's 7, 8 o'clock, but that's what works, okay? And then people don't understand. Like, I'll, I'm staying at Mike's the next four days, but every day I don't have to set an alarm. He's up at 2.45, so me and him will be in the kitchen shooting the shit before Gold's opens at 4. But what people then don't understand is he goes back and he'll be to sleep for an hour, okay? So throughout the day, depending on what training regimen, if he's dieting, if he's cutting, if he's doing this, he can sleep for that hour, two hours. And those little rest naps, I think there's scientific proof that show that helps a lot, right? REM mm-hmm. sleep, different things. But Mike does get, he'll tell you, hey, today we're not training, we're training later. I'm getting, he's got his eight hours. Mm-hmm. So there's different things. He doesn't just necessarily say, hey, these are what it is. And they just, right. but those are things that implement and work well for, again, he's so focused on longevity, just with like new baby and stuff. That's like the most important thing for him. But he's built up that lifestyle that it's not going to ever change. Right. What are some things, because you, you mentioned, like, you don't watch TV, right? You don't drink. Not a lot. Yeah, like, what are some things that, you, like, most the people fuck do? fuck do you do? <laughs> yeah, what, what's some things that most people do that you don't do? Like, like I love eating, right? So <laughs> I spend, like, a shitload probably of money on going out. I just enjoy that. Like, me and my wife go out, go out with my kids, but we'll eat. Like, and people say, oh, you eat healthy. But, yeah, you'll see me eating healthy, but you also see the shit I post all the time but i know what works for me right and i enjoy that so enjoy i'm not gonna say hey i won't ever have a glass of wine like i enjoy it. go with my wife and stuff you do okay mm-hmm. my wife loves wine like i'll have a nice glass of wine enjoy a good bottle of wine over a nice steak and stuff um it's just i enjoy like sushi steak all the stuff in between right we'll have whatever we have i think the other thing is big thing for me that i've had to learn is i love to travel and more and more, like, there's certain, I'll call it seasons of your life that it doesn't necessarily make sense. Like, last year was the first time that I've taken a vacation for seven days in a long time. It was our 20-year anniversary. We went to St. Um, to St. Lucia. Wow. And it was the only crazy thing is your damn phone worked over there. It sucked. But um, on day five, I was like, what the fuck? I'm like starting to go stir crazy here. But <laughs> I have to. So I love traveling. That's one thing that, like, we try to do more, I'll call it mini vacations where we'll take two or three days staycations hotels in different parts of dallas or just airbnb here or there out to california for four days or miami for two days and um so those are different vices but i don't know just to me you also love being in shape and you love training so Mm -hmm. like i think a lot of times people are like i don't understand how that guy lives his life that way but that's what you enjoy doing here's one crazy thing so maybe this is crazy maybe i'm weird joke around with mike like if i'm gonna plan a vacation i want to know what gyms are there Okay. So if we're going to Miami, right, I want to go like, Hey, what are the badass gyms I'm going to train at? Or my wife, same thing as her yoga, yoga is her passion, right? Mm -hmm. So she's going to go, we're going to make plans to go somewhere based on like, Hey, what yoga studio she wants to go to or like, and that's, so that's just sort of how we are. And even if I'm coming into a hotel and I have to stay somewhere for business for four days, I want to know what the gyms are because I'm going to wake up at 2.45. If there's no frigging 24-hour fitness or 24-hour gym somewhere or the hotel gym opens at 6 o'clock, that's the dumbest thing ever as well. I don't know why gym <laughs> 6 o'clock at a hotel. But I can't, like, I've got three hours that my mind's going, right? So, and I don't know. You probably have, like, the most epic ac- accountability partner in Icon Meals, right? Yeah, <laughs> we do. You, you can't be all out of shape and, you know, pushing well, a, a food company. Yeah, I think that's one thing that's, I think, again, it would be, I don't know what the word, I'm drawing a blank on the word, but like a hypocrite, right? If I was a byproduct of eating my crap and I've had mm-hmm. different people that have worked for me in that and like I put up not name names if he watches he watches it but like we gave 5,000 bucks he's overweight when he started with me he's 185 a year and a half in he was like almost two whatever I said here's friggin five grand cash okay you gotta lose X right he trained with us and stuff but he didn't want and I said hey you don't have to give it back you don't pay the money back whatever he just 
I would I take five grand like mm-hmm. on a challenge. But again, so from that standpoint, I think like there's, yeah, you have to be a, a, a byproduct of your product. Mm-hmm. And I think I would be a hypocrite if I'm saying, hey, I'm 300 pounds and right. you know I'm not eating mm-hmm. my, my food because if I'm putting what I'm putting in my body and it's icon, then mm-hmm. you're not going to be like that. Yeah. Mark kind of did the same thing for me. He's like, here's five grand. You can't stay natty. Right. So I took it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were mentioning earlier about like paying coaches and stuff. And that, that is something that, uh, you know, Stan Efforting did when he came here. Like I, you know, my gym's free, but he, you know, he and I went to lunch one day and he explained, he, he's like, I want to break, you know, all time world records. And, you know, I know that this is the right place to do it. So he's like, here you go. And he slid 5,000 bucks in cash across the table, you know? And I was like, well, uh, I was like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't accept money. I, I don't, train people for money and he was like no i need to pay you for this because this is going to be different like i i want to learn what you what you know and so i want to be by your side he'll be he was like I, i'm going to be a pain in the ass and he was he was pain in the ass but you know and and i accepted it cause especially at the time i didn't have yeah. i didn't have the money so i was like sure all right you're gonna twist my arm i'll take it but it, it was uh it made it it made it worth it for both of us like it was a it was a good you know, it was it was a good spend of money on his part because he ended up with what he wanted. He got to those all time world records. But hadn't he not done that, had he just came to me and said, Hey, I want to break world records, I'm gonna be by your side, it wouldn't have had the same impact. It might not have resulted in the same way. And because he was paying me, I was like, Okay, now I need to kind of I need to step up the service a little bit. It's not he's not just a regular training partner. He's paid me. I need to explain what we're doing, why we're doing it, what these exercises are for. Why do I have him training with bands or why do I have him training with chains or why are we doing a box squad? I need to explain all this stuff to him. Yeah, I think there's uh always that like a lot of people have free content and everyone wants free in this, right? And there's only so much value in free. Like if you're not accountable and you're not paying for something, then you're not really going to hold yourself accountable. And yeah. I put a post it there a while back and I saw Mike took it and ran with it. Cause it's a lot of things like I, I know Mike and like so many people DM and this and that, Hey, information, information, dude, the guy's worth so much value. Right. But he never charges what he's worth. Okay. And I think that's one thing where you have all these people out there and today different, again, they want this and they want this and they want this for free. But look, I think you have to step in and you have to realize if you want to be anywhere in life, it's going to cost you something, right? Because free is not worth, it doesn't give any, th- that value. There's always a price. There's like a, price. a price. And maybe it's not financial, but yeah. Yeah, whether it's your time, okay? Whether it's this, but on a monetary price, if, if let's say for instance, the individual, if, if money means the most to them and they have to actually put up their own money to get where they want to be, then that's maybe what it takes for them, right? Maybe they don't have a problem waking up at two o'clock in the morning, but they can't force themselves. They Then they need to pay what it's worth to get where they want to be. And I think you only get better by increasing that, that realm of value. There's a diff- different ways of training here. You know, the gym is free, but you know, if, if you're not uh, providing value back into the gym, then like you're probably kind of wasting your time and probably spinning your wheels. And then you could come here and be like, well, they just have nice equipment and the gym's not that intense. And it's like, well, what do you... Are you contributing to the gym not being that intense or are you contributing to the gym being intense? Like, what are you, you know, what's your role in all this? Because that's, you know, you got to really kind of like bring it every single day you go into a training session. Yeah. Well, if you look at, I'll go back to Bedros. Bedros and how I met Bedros was like their mastermind and stuff. Their mastermind's not cheap. 50 grand up front. You wire transfer, you transfer money before you even... get accepted on the application, right? But again, there's other masterminds, okay? I'll give a name and names, but there's $100,000 masterminds. There's mm-hmm. seven-figure yeah. masterminds. But why do people pay those, okay? If you look at some of the most successful people out there, and you know some of these guys, like 
byproducts of Bedros and great friends of Bedros and stuff now are like Steve Weatherford, right? Yep. Um, ben Paluski, okay? Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys, but they've been 10 times that 50000 But people are like, holy shit, $50,000. But look, Bedros is probably worth $50,000 in a 20-minute conversation, the amount of value delivered back to you, okay? But mm -hmm. you have to understand and you have to believe in yourself. And he's going to help you. They're going to lay out the blueprint and plan. And if you can have someone come into your business or into your life and uh, lay out a blueprint or strategize or, or help you overcome a different problem and work towards that accomplished goal in a predefined, preset, accountable, accountable, like your accountable accountability partner, then it's well worth it. And that monetary amount should be, you should be able to 10 times, 20 times, a hundred times, right? So that value. But again, there's so much like people that don't believe enough in themselves. It's just a common theme. Like Sean Provost was here too. He owns a bunch of Dutch bros in the area. You probably know him. Um, and a bunch of other people that, that are like high performers, like both of you. It's, it's just a common theme that you guys are consistently learning, consistently doing, and always taking new information in, learning stuff from new people. It's, I think, uh, I mean, a lot of people like that are my age and maybe, or whatever, younger or whatever, just need to realize that we need to be doing more. We need to be continuously learning even after college. I think yeah. that's where a lot of people just like stop, you know? Yeah. So. Do you do it to a point where you're sometimes like sick of it? Like do you, like you're in the car, you're listening to one of your audio books yeah. and you just shut it off and turn on music. Yeah, like 100%. it happens to me. Like so, I, I do it so much that it almost makes me nauseous. Yeah. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be accountable to myself. Right. And I say, Hey, but then like at some points, like I've had a day, let's say it's a, I don't know, afternoon. Right. And I'm freaking 16 hours in 18 hours in the day. It's nine o'clock. I've been going since two o'clock and I'm in the car, hop in and turn an audio book on like, Fuck this. And it's like music, right? Or whatever. I got to get, it's again, my mindset, some my fucking mood. Gangster rap. Yeah, that's what it is sometimes. Change your, change your mode, right? People say, hey, what do you listen to? I'm like, I listen to freaking everything from country to hip hop to whatever mood I'm in, right? Right. And I, I'm, uh, when you say that, that brings it like 100%. I'll do that a lot of times. Podcast or have an audiobook and I'll flip it off. And it's just, yeah. then it's music or it's maybe nothing, right? <laughs> Right. But when I have nothing on, my mind starts like yeah. crazy. Going <laughs> That's when you're a madman when you drive, like driving with no music on or nothing on. Yeah. That means you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm crazy. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually kind of cool though. Like, have you ever driven like two hours and like you're like, I didn't have music on. I didn't like glance at my phone. Like, yeah, I, like I don't remember. Have, like, uh, I don't remember how I got here. Like, you just were in a trance. <laughs> yeah, I like to have like audio conversation, like have some audio scene if you're talking to yourself or what you're doing. But. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty. Uh, I've done different things like that. I can keep keep yourself awake. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. Uh, some other good podcasts just to kind of round this out since we did end up talking about business so much. Definitely listen to Andy Frisella's podcast. MF he always, CEO. Yep. Yeah. The M the MF CEO project. That's fantastic. Uh, Ed Milet is another good one. Um, I heard a podcast with I think Ed Milet and Grant Cardone, and they were uh, bragging back and forth about who had a faster uh, private jet. Yeah, it was really actually really funny. And uh, Grant Card Cardone was like, "No, he's like mine's faster because this and that." And you could see Ed Milet was kind of <laughs> he was getting frustrated. But <laughs> Ed Milet's podcast is uh, is one of the best podcasts out there in terms of uh, you know helping build personal development. Just learning. I mean, he has a lot of great people on his on his show. Um, a lot of variety too. It's not always Here's the ones I'm listening to right now. Yeah, it's not always just him diving right into just pure business stuff. I know some some of you might be like, "Oh, great," but it's just going to help you improve uh, a lot of facets of your life. Ed Milet even has a uh, audio thing where he talks for about 20 minutes just about building his business. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard that, but man, that I, it's like I, I listened to that. I was like, "How is this free?" Like, yeah. how, like this is so cool that he you need to read his there. book as well. If not, so go online yeah. and get his book. It's free. He pays for it, even the shipping. But another great one as well, as I mentioned, Joel Merriam. But if you haven't listened to his yet, it's called Born to Impact. 
and it's absolutely incredible podcast. Got some just like he said, Trent Shelton, a whole bunch of people on. But again, he's had Ed, he's had um, yeah. Andy, all those guys. But again, just great guys from that standpoint. Bedros's The Empire podcast is amazing as well. So I gotta I gotta listen to his podcast more. I was on a little track of listening to it for a little while, and I I've fallen off. So I got to get <laughs> back on that horse. All right, guys, that's all the time we got. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch y'all later.